Hello and welcome to Press X to Doubt, where we lie to you about game news, but like, in a good way. My name's Preston Wilkie. I'm here with Luke Kirschbaum. Hey, hey, what's up? And joining us today, thank you so much for being here, is Greg Griffith from Level Zero. Hello, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Um, So Level Zero is your pretty fresh, pretty new podcast. Why don't you give us the quick rundown for it? Sure. It's 2020, so it's the year to start podcasts, as you guys know. Um, (laughs) But Level Zero um, was was a podcast that I just started. And it is about the basics of video games, a starting point, if you will, uh, into this hobby really aimed at people that are not quite as heavily invested. Um, If you see a lot of other shows and podcasts and YouTube videos about video games, it's very, very pointed towards people who are just really into video games. And there's really not a lot of other stuff, you know, kind of from the baseline. So I'm really pushing it on the other end where it's more towards the beginners, more towards people just getting interested in it. Uh, and a lot, honestly, pointed at parents of kids who might be really into video games, but the parents themselves don't quite you know, know as much. So really, the show is it's there to be just it's me as a solo host. It's condensed into a 15, 20 minute episode, you know, edited, produced and really pointed towards a singular topic. Um, so. Obviously, if someone's not super into video games, they're not going to want to listen to three hours about it. So pushing it towards 15 to 20 minutes um, over, you know, broad subjects like the history of Nintendo, which is one of the episodes that I just released. Yeah. So uh, we just got done listening to that episode earlier today. And uh, I think your wonderful special guest that you had, uh, (laughs) I don't know if we can spoil it on here. uh, Sure. Why not? The man, the myth, the legend, old Mario himself was on. Uh, I thought your editing with that was <laughs> spot on. Uh, every single time he said something, you you had the pause with the timing that just made it sound like a response in a really good way. I don't know what um, you're talking about. I really had Mario on. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, don't give too many behind the scenes tricks. Uh, he was absolutely here. He was and, really there. He called me. <laughs> I was just in the middle of speaking. <laughs> he was very impertinent about the whole thing and especially oh, yeah. about something that I know uh, a big fiasco that they may have had in the past. But yeah, uh, something that I really enjoyed about that is you can tell the audience that you're trying to achieve sort of right off the bat in terms of the wholesome family friendly uh where a, a parent can easily learn alongside their kid. Mm-hmm. And it's while it is for beginners, you're still talking about things that many kids that immerse themselves in video games every day might not know right. the history of Nintendo. And yeah. so it is something. Uh, yeah. I appreciate you guys listening to it. Like it's, it's, it's been a fun thing, a, a fun experience, but yeah, that's the whole thing is that kids and parents can listen together potentially regardless of the knowledge level, um, you know, and really try to have everybody enjoy it um, and hopefully learn something new together. So, yeah, that's kind of the point. I just hope that you relish in the glory of, you know, having a podcast because, you know, you're going to get DMCA'd for that Mario audio and 
you know this will, this will be the last project this, you do this letter <laughs> this will be the last project you do nintendo is coming for you i don't know if you've been paying attention to the news i, I don't actually... know but nintendo <laughs> listens to our podcast and, oh okay uh, yeah well so sorry nintendo uh, no, I actually had an outtake from that episode where one of the questions, listener questions, was like a fake question that was reading like a legal document, like a cease and desist. That's and I had bad. that like straight. I read it straight and I was like, ah, I don't know if this is going to catch or not. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I like, audiences. Yeah, exactly. But I was like, this. they could totally get me if they heard this. Like, yeah, whatever. I'll go for it. And I think one of the things that I'm learning too, as we are putting out sort of our podcast to uh, our community, and we're getting a lot of really great feedback and a lot of great support, is that we have listeners that aren't as versed in video games. And so they'll be like, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. It was really fun, but I wasn't Mm -hmm. really sure what you guys were talking about. And so I think level zero is a perfect starting place, right? There you go. Um, Got to start somewhere. And I do want to uh, note that we will be coming back and doing more interview questions after the news section. But here in a second, we're going to be getting into the news where, well, I'll talk about the rules in a second. Before then, I do want to do a quick thank you and shout out. I know uh, Luke and I talked about this earlier to Alex Berniger for our new logo. Um, It is a wonderful design. And again, I want to talk more on that logo because... I know he also did the level zero one and Brian from draft punks for helping with all of our early tech questions and sort of getting an idea of like, what is it like to run your own podcast? That was, they were huge helps. uh, And it made me feel a lot more confident going into that first episode, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, So how we're going to do our news section is we're going to play two truths and a lie with game news. Two of our stories are true. One is false. Every week, well, every other week, every episode, Luke and I are going to swap back and forth on who presents news and who opens the show. So this week I'm opening the show. Luke is going to present his news. Um, And then, of course, Greg will have his articles to present as well. Oh, yeah. After we present our news, we're going to go through and try to decide, me included, uh, which articles were fake and which ones were real. And I'm going to bet $10 right off the bat that I get it right on the first time. Ooh. For Greg's. Uh, so that's that's my money on the line. <laughs> that, so what he basically said was, I still can't read Luke. I'm going to try to read the guest star and win $10. Uh, yeah i'm just oh by the way uh greg i don't know if you were actually willing to bet but we're (laughs) we're throwing down money um oh let's do it sweet uh i I got after we after we get through with the news section we're gonna he's gonna need that money preston he's about to get dmca he's gonna (laughs) need that money (laughs) it's so true he's gotta hold on to everything he's got nintendo Taking me for everything I'm worth. (laughs) (laughs) Nintendo's coming after you if you win anything today. (laughs) Uh, After the news section, we're going to be getting into more interview questions. And then we are going to talk about our top 10 games of the year. This is a personal list. Uh, And we'll talk about the rules once we get there because they are a little bit shaky on some people's. uh, Some people get a little upset about the way that we're going to play this. Um, All right. So 
we are going to start off with a little trivia question to decide which one of you goes first. Oh, interesting. So, and I really I like this. I'm kind of worried that this might be one of the news articles. I went modern, you know, whatever. Uh, whenever <laughs> you think you know the answer, you're going to chime in by saying Mr. Wayne in your best Alfred voice. That can come from any of the Batman series. <laughs> oh, wait a uh, <laughs> so you can take a second to practice on on uh, on Mike if you want, but it no, it's okay. I got it. <laughs> I practice this every day. <laughs> All right, That's Michael Caine impression. I was made for this role. <laughs> so, all right, Alfred Pennyworth, Mister Wayne. The question for y'all this week is: What was the highest selling console? In Japan for November. Mr. Wayne. That was good. <laughs> not very good. <laughs> that was not bad. I'm going to uh, go with the Nintendo Switch. It was the Nintendo Switch. Outsold Over the PS5. PlayStation. Yes. Uh, and I mean, I guess you could probably chalk that up to limited capacity. They're having to sell all over, but it's very, still very surprising. I think the Switch has been the highest selling console in the world for the last 24 months. Yep. It It is nuts. It doesn't matter how much you hype it up. They're still coming for you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Please, Nintendo, I love you. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) I had to stick in one last one. I'm done with that joke now. I'm done with the bit. We're retiring the bit. All right, so Greg wins the uh, trivia question. The Mr. So Greg Wayne. wins. Does that mean I have to go first, or does that mean he gets the choice? It means give uh, me ten dollars. Ooh, <laughs> unfortunately, what? you can bet on that. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna. That's on you. Um, I still am gonna win ten. All right, go ahead, uh, Greg. I guess yeah. I think that's a good question. Would you rather present first, or would you rather let Luke present first? I know you're the guest, so. I'm going to let Luke go first. You have chosen wisely. (laughs) All right. Well, I will dip in. I'll dip my toes in the water for this first article. I don't know if you guys knew this. And I know that uh, Preston and I talked about Hades a lot. Greg, I don't know if you've played Hades yet. If you've gotten a chance to. It's by far my favorite game this year. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Uh, We hyped it up big time last, uh, last episode. And my first article is actually about Hades. So, and I just figured this out because, you know, we just had Thanksgiving break. I was gone. I was in Arkansas at my parents' place for like the last three days. So I actually just saw this article this morning. But there was a fake Hades app that was on the iOS and Android uh, that people were were buying for $4.99 on the App Store and as well as on iTunes. So $4.99. Yeah, so obviously there's no official Hades game out for Android and mobile games, right? It's only out for PC. But if you went to the store page, it literally looked... I mean, if you look at it at first glance, there was the same artwork. They had in-game cutscenes. Really? uh, And like transition features. The file size was 2.9 gigabytes. So it actually looked like the legitimate game. And, you know, you're looking at the screenshots... And it's like, holy cow, I could I could get Hades for my game. And as people were loading it up, 
and they were seeing like it was screenshots from things like having multiple save states, like multiple game files, and the on-screen controls, like having to move Zagreus with like the tips of the screen. Okay. And they're just like, wait a second, this isn't the same game. <laughs> so it actually just got pulled this morning from iOS and Android really? devices. Yeah, so they they finally like wrote in. They were like, this is a huge scam. And they pulled it from the store just this morning. So like I said, I had been gone and I hadn't heard of any of this. Apparently it had reached like 350,000 downloads or something. Like people were actually like, wait, I can have it on my PC and on my mobile phone. And Ooh. then they just removed it today. How so. do they come after the people that make these things? Like, do, are they going to be able to walk away with the money in some way? Like I, what is going to be the lawsuit that follows whatever account was attached to that? Because if there isn't one, I need to find out how to make these. And I need to be hot <laughs> uh, because that sounds lucrative. Yeah, I don't necessarily know at what point the companies get involved because obviously when you clicked on the game, you know, that's probably the one way that people who were actually paying attention caught it because if you clicked on the iOS screen, it actually showed that it was under some like Studio HDNY, something like it was made by obviously a studio that was not the same people who made the game. Super giant. Yeah. Yeah. Super giant. Thank you. I couldn't remember right off the top of my head, but uh, what did the mobile game like play like? Like what, what was the actual game? So the article that I had found, it was just the screenshots that were mm. sort of put into the iTunes store. So I don't necessarily know what gameplay looked like. It showed one of the cutscenes. Like it had a small little trailer of the video cutscene that you would see. Um, it's like right when, uh, well, I don't know if I want to spoil necessarily what part of the game it's from, but uh, we'll say the end game character reveals that he's the final person you're going to fight. Got and it, it showed yeah. that being in the game. Oh, and so I was like four ninety nine to get the okay. game spoiled for you? <laughs> yeah, basically, I don't know. It's just funny because there's not cutscenes in Hades. Like the game doesn't really have cutscenes or, you know. It, yeah, it, I mean, I guess it's like not like a separated cinematic, right? So that's what's sure. so funny. It's like they're ripping up a game that doesn't even have cutscenes with cutscenes. Yeah, and okay. I, I guess it's in-game in-game conversations, right? And in-game panning right. is usually the, what they do. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's like the like the text showing up on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, that's a I four ninety nine would seem like a huge steal, um, and. Anyone that downloaded it probably thought they were in for a treat. That sucks. Well, that's, that's the only thing is that I don't know how much the game was selling. I don't know how much the game was selling for in early access. Um, um, Hades itself? Yeah, like the actual game for PC. Like, like way back when. Like when the first got in early access. Did it start at 20? I, I have no clue. I bought it like – I don't know how long they were in early access for either, but I know I bought it way – they were in early access for two years. So I know that I bought it way. I mean, I bought it maybe two or three months before it transitioned into full game release. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if it was in early access for that long, like I said, I don't know where it started. I'm sure as, as they gained steam, they were, well, maybe they didn't bump it up. I don't know. Maybe it did start at 20. Greg, yeah. did you play it whenever it was first in early access? No, I played it on switch. Oh yeah. Me too. Yeah. That's how I, I just got, it I got it when it went Wonderful. live, you know, so 1.0. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is the best game. 
yeah, it, it's amazing how smooth it is on Switch. But we'll get yeah. to that, I think, in our top 10, too. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Greg, what is yes. your first article? Okay. This article comes from IGN.com, and it's Fallout 76 accidentally releases new update on Xbox and makes it available early for all players. Uh-oh. <laughs> so Fallout 76 is a game that's just... I'm, I'm sorry we have to make fun of you. You're the punching bag <laughs> yeah. of the gaming industry right now, and I'm sorry, even if Microsoft pays all its money for you. Um, but, so, Steel Dawn was the name of the update for Fallout 76, and it was supposed to release on December 1st, but there was some weird bug that allowed people that had an Xbox to go ahead and download the update. And a lot of times the updates, you know, they download automatically. So people weren't like maliciously like, oh, I got to get that new juicy Fallout 76 um, DLC. Um, And so it it happened anyways. And so players on Xbox could download it, but it meant that it prevented them from playing the rest of the game. So if they wanted to play more Fallout 76 and they accidentally auto downloaded this, um, they call it Steel Dawn. So it's like a brother brotherhood of steel um update if they downloaded that they can't play the game so then bethesda was like you know what um i guess it's good to go the update is is now and so they made it live on all platforms a whole week early november 25th it was supposed to come out in december 1st wow did (laughs) xbox tech support get like inundated with emails that are just like thank you emails like i'm so glad i was really worried i was gonna have to play today (laughs) it didn't work Thank My you friends make me play it. every week, and I hate it so much, but I finally didn't have to play. <laughs> right. I don't know. You guys play very... Did you guys check out Fallout 76 at all? A little bit. Yeah. Um, before the I, Wastelanders. I had, okay. more, I had more of my friends telling me about the game. Yeah. And I actually uh, had heard relatively decent reviews sure. from people that I knew who had played it. Yeah. But I know, I mean, if you just go on... If you go on any website, I mean, the game gets lambasted <laughs> like no other. I feel kind of bad for him, but I mean, at the end of the day, like Fallout 4 was is a pretty good game, but like why nobody asked for this to be an yeah. MMO and like, especially one that's not super great and one right. that was mega buggy at first. So, you know, bug after bug, I just thought this article was funny that that's what I was they gonna accidentally say, released. Course. Yeah, exactly. It feels like every episode we're gonna have a we're every episode we're gonna have a section where we're asking who is this intended for? Like we're just like constantly asking that question. Yeah, right. Of like who decided that we needed a Fallout MMO? Last week it was who decided that we needed to have video chat while playing Fortnite. <laughs> and it's true. It's really exciting to get like there are certain things where like the Brotherhood of Steel is probably overused at this point, but it's still really exciting to get. Uh, People get really pumped to get to play with them and faction with them and stuff. And so to have that launch like ruined again, like usual, it's just, it's (laughs) got to be so frustrating. So is there, it is working now though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I think it was like the 26th. They just said, oh, okay, well, we're just going to go ahead and release it to everybody and pretend that the release date is is now instead of December 1st. Because otherwise, it wasn't going to work for anybody on Xbox. 
Yeah, for like the, four they, or five days. Yeah, the quote is the entire BGS team felt confident that Steel Dawn is ready to go. <laughs> every time. Every time they're confident. It's good enough. I mean, you know. Yeah. You they, they might be in, they ship might be, it. Ship it. <laughs> ship it. We'll fix the bugs later. Yeah. Just get <laughs> the won't. other subscription. You'll get it eventually. <laughs> All right. Uh, Luke, what you got? Next one. All right, so uh, this one I think everybody is excited for. People are freaking out. Uh, Universal Studios Japan announced today that Super Mario World, or not Super Mario World, hold on. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> Super Nintendo World no is, <laughs> is going to open February 4th, 2021 in Osaka, Japan. Uh, they're adding the, uh, I guess, chapter of the park area of the park section of the park they're they're opening up that section february 4th and they are releasing the inaugural opening day with a mario kart roller coaster where people people who ride the mario kart roller coaster will be equipped with mario caps that also are attached to alternative reality goggles there's no way this is happening. <laughs> they say so that nice. this is the inaugural ride. And they said uh, that'll be the main thing that opens up in Universal Studios Japan uh, come February 2021. But they did also say that they were excited to announce that a Donkey Kong section would also be opening up later that year. So they have a ride in the works ready to go. And they're also thinking of a Donkey Kong ride as well. An AR roller coaster. Yes, it's an AR roller coaster. Oh man! Of it's supposed to be like you're in a go. I I don't know the. I don't know if it's a sit down roller coaster. I don't know if it's a like freestanding one. But you're given the goggles. It's like you're racing on the. You know what's the what's the new game that they have on the uh, Switch where you're like racing through your house like playing? Oh yeah, that's, yeah. With that little. That's RPG how it's gonna car. be. Yeah. but you're on a roller coaster. Yeah, <laughs> you're accidentally gonna get like live streamed to a feed of someone's cat like just batting at the camera. <laughs> like, this is the wrong one. Yeah. So I all I can say is, Japan. hey, it's time to go to Japan, right? Like now yeah. I have the reason. Like or I'm how ready long, to ride. How long do we have to wait until it's in Florida? Because the two years, five years? Because I come on. I gotta That's go. True. With the decline of Disney. Yeah. I mean, we'll I mean, just take out right. Epcot and just replace it with Nintendo World. Hey, Absolutely. Preston, did you know that Nintendo used to be partnered with Disney? Do you know where I learned this? What? I learned this from episode <laughs> one of Level Zero, oh, starring okay. our guest star. Look at all of these connections between Nintendo and Disney. It's crazy. Yeah. Which, God, what it, like that? It would be silly for them not to partner, uh, partner up again. And I mean, might as well just you, be the same company. Right, exactly. Like they they own childhood. They own they own nostalgia at this point. Like sure. uh, put Mickey in Smash Bros. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> I say Bluto. Uh, the what was I going to ask? So for this roller coaster, so is it just going to start with one roller coaster? Like, have they said anything? Never mind. Is there one ride in the whole park? I'm confused. Yeah. Well, what, what they've what they've started off with, and 
Uh, you know, they said that this was going to open in later spring. So I think it's already pretty incredible that they're opening earlier than expected. Yeah. Given the whole COVID situation. Um, but they've already opened up a merchandising and a cafe that are themed around mm-hmm. Nintendo and Mario stuff. And and then they just said, hey, we are going to open up with this roller coaster. It's going to take you through Bowser's Castle. You're wearing these goggles. I mean, the the cap with the goggles looks kind of sick. Like, I'm not going to be honest. It's like, really? It looks pretty cool. But they just said that that was the, they said that was the early look into Super Nintendo World. And it would be further expanded with a Donkey Kong themed yeah. something later down the line. So, Damn. Yeah, yeah I really so want to know awesome. how they're, I wonder how they're going to do the opening. And, I, you know, I mean, it all depends. Like, I'm sure, well, I don't know. There are cases, cases over there for COVID. So, um, I don't know. I wonder <laughs> how. I, and also just putting on VR headsets and sort of sharing that and constantly having to clean it. Be well, I know, that's true. Yeah, I guess that would be the one thing, because I was going to say, you know, AR headsets on roller coasters, this isn't new. This is something that is very much a thing already. Um, Do they have to, like, but yeah, I think right on? now with having the cleaning and stuff. Yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe it's the first time on a roller coaster. I mean, maybe it's just been on like motion simulator rides where you're not really like, right. the headset's going to fall off when we go over the loop. Like, I don't know. And it's not a full, you know, VR set where it's blocking your vision. It's going to be like, a glass like a visor yeah like yeah it's glass it's attached to the top yeah. of the cap yeah. yeah so it looks a lot okay. like uh the microsoft hololens i don't know if y'all remember whenever yeah. they were showing off those prototypes but it, it kind of looks uh-huh. like it kind of looks like cappy but like the eyes come down here like almost Hell yeah. like it is gla- it is glass so cool. but it's like the mario cap like everyone is mario on this mario kart roller coaster i'm going Man. to japan and I bet, I bet my take boy me Mario. With you. I bet take my, me with you. I bet my boy Mario is going to be there on opening day. I'll give him a call. Yeah. I'll see. I'll see if he can get us tickets. Do you think I he's going to do connect. a shout out? <laughs> he he's might. Gonna just, yeah. Well, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of made him mad on that first episode. Right. Bringing up the Philip CDI. Like, sorry, uh, buddy. That's what I was going to say. Especially <laughs> if you expound on that subject, uh, it may get a little bit more dicey. We might have a future conversation. We'll see. But I'll try to get us tickets to Nintendo Land. Don't worry. Thanks. Guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I think the idea of this episode, package. you'll owe me so much money that that makes sense. So, oh. uh, Greg, go ahead. What's your next one? Okay. Speaking of Mario, this is perfect. You just set me right up for this next story. Um, a sealed original Super Mario Brothers game um, with a special variant cover breaks the world record for the most expensive video game ever sold. This comes from GameInformer.com. And, you know, apparently it's a super rare um, Super Mario Brothers variant. Uh, not the one that is included with Duck Hunt. Um, just Super Mario Brothers by himself. Um, and it was sold at the Heritage Auction House. And it was sold for $156,000 making it the most expensive, breaking the world record for the most expensive video game ever sold. Can I just say right off the bat that when you said $156,000, I was already just like, that's not that much. Like, I was already, I was like thinking like in my head, <laughs> worth way more than was, that. I was thinking in my head, this thing sold for millions. No. Like, <laughs> it was nuts. Like it is the world record breaking. But then I was like, 156K. 
Maybe if it included <laughs> Duck Hunt, it would have been for more, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just a standalone one. Yes. But yeah, I mean, apparently, I like so that. in 1985, you know, um, they when they were just selling the NES, they had a lot of test cases in the U.S. that was like just New York and just Chicago and just L.A. Oh, Only wow. those cities. So as a result, like they had... Um, you know, just kind of some random games that came out only like certain copies of it. And that, that became really rare um, during that, those, you know, two years. That's super interesting to me because yeah. I'm friends with a couple of speedrunners who run SMB. Yeah. Like exclusive. Well, they don't run it exclusively, but they are like, I mean, I don't know if you know, but Super Mario Brothers is one of the most contested uh, speedrunning records in terms of just beating the game as fast as possible yeah. there are people that record this game with foot pedals in order to immediately split their stopwatch or their timer on touching the hammer uh behind final bowser and so yeah because they can't be bothered to take their hands off the controller to split yeah. they have to use yeah, yeah. a foot pedal to go bam and i mean i'm telling you when world records of that game get broken they get broken by literal frames in a video game like the world record gets broken by zero, 0.018 the world record gets broken by 0.032 i mean like it's ridiculous so it's crazy to me to hear that one there's like alternative versions of the game yeah and then well, not it's actually the, version, the art the artwork of the cover yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the Ex yeah, yeah, the extended or the alternative yeah. cover, yeah, uh, that sold for that much money. So that that's pretty crazy to me, if that's true. Yeah, if that's true. Well, I always wonder: do they take? Does anybody ever take a game that they bought for a ridiculous amount out of the case and plug it in and see if it works? <laughs> it's this doesn't even work. It just goes immediately to those. I got to speed run this, screen. man. Yeah. Oh God! We're like blowing in the cartridge. That's what I was going to say. Like an unboxing video is like, hey, just got this one for 156. Let's unbox. Let's speed run yeah. this bad boy. No, no. <laughs> it would make all of us speed runners don't have that much money. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You're running ROMs. Come on. Could we do, uh, do uh, like, pay me not to open this, basically? Like, I will not do the unboxing if y'all donate enough. I don't think anybody is realistically purchasing that and then shoving it in an NES to see if it works. Yeah. I think they are putting it in a glass display case. They are putting it out of reach of their children. They're saying, do not touch this. It's mine. It is for the world to see. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. In regards to that, is do you know if it was a single buyer? I know that sometimes there's like collective buyers. I didn't uh, look, and I I don't know if that's in the article or not. But the it's yeah, just always look. sort of weird whenever high when something that specific and that niche goes on and gets bought for that much by a single person. Um, it makes me question my life choices uh, and theirs <laughs> actually. Uh, what are they so, doing yeah. that they can just afford that for a single you know thing that sits on your shelf right <laughs> well you know they always say they always say before you make a major decision to like think about it for 24 hours and then like do it so these people uh, were like you know or this singular person he saw it thought 24 hours and then he yeah. was like no i i have to spend yeah, hundred fifty six thousand dollars on this but but apparently the bidding opened at sixty one thousand. And it just skyrocketed. Whoa. Like people were just going. Nuts I almost think that's more ridiculous than the fact that it's it ended now. at 156. Yeah. Yeah. 
But that's where it started, and people were just getting wow. after it. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Come on, Mario. Know your worth, King. You know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah. <laughs> Start high. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how they do that stuff, but yeah, weird. What's your next one? Uh, last one, actually. All right, my last one. I, I do like that we're staying on Nintendo here. So, uh, although I guess this isn't technically about Nintendo. This is the Pokemon Company. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but the Pokemon Company is getting geared up to release the first ever premium replicas of the Pokeball, the Great Ball, the Ultra Ball, and the Premier Ball. Uh, they're not making the Master Ball. But these are going to be $100 of die cast metal uh, that light up and have cool little effects on the outside. However, <laughs> they are being printed with a label of please do not throw yeah. these Pokeballs <laughs> because they they weigh uh, 10 and a half ounces. They weigh, that's five <laughs> ounces more pounds. than a than a cue ball from like a pool table. So they are not only these huge Pokeballs that you have in your hand, but you cannot throw them. And they are releasing them to children who yeah, have decades watching Pokeballs get thrown. So I'm just waiting for a kid to end up in the ER. And it's like, yeah, I threw a Marty threw this at me. He was trying to catch me. And now I have a concussion because I got hit in the head with a Pokeball. So the promo pictures that they released, it actually looks like I mean, it almost looks photoshopped, the the promo pictures that they're releasing because it's the ball is super smooth. It's got all the edges of the Pokeball, red on top, white on the bottom with the thing in the middle. And it does light up. It acts as if it's a Pokeball, like something is inside. But yeah, I mean, they're releasing potential weapons out to our children and community, gentlemen. <laughs> and, I, and my question is, how are we going to stop this? Yeah. <laughs> um, $100. And it does not open. It comes with its own batteries. It doesn't open? No, it doesn't Wait, open either. Batteries? What it are the batteries open. for? Yeah, what are the, the, bat the batteries help light it up and provide the animations in the top of the Pokeball to show like something is inside. What? So like batteries, batteries go in the bottom or well, I don't know where the batteries go, but like they're meant to light up and animate the ball. But the Pokeball does not open and you cannot throw it because it's heavier than an actual billiard ball. Like... <laughs> <laughs> these are these are toys that they're releasing. Uh, they said this is coming out uh, in 2021. <laughs> With an ominous warning, this Pokeball must never be thrown. The promo picture has a guy holding it in his hand. It is a threat. They are saying, "Do not throw this ball." Uh, that's that's the Pokemon Company. That's their most recent news about it. How do they think this is a good idea? What? That's amazing to me. And I'm actually more upset that they don't open. Like, don't call it a replica if it doesn't open up and flash like a blinding, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Strobing light. So that yeah. way to enhance the danger, right? Well, then they'd have to have, they'd have to print more warnings for exploding strobing <laughs> exactly. light. That's what <laughs> we it, need. Is the ball like to scale of like how it is in the show? Or I don't actually like know. I mean, like, yeah, it's supposed to or is fit it like in bigger the palm than of your hand. Man. I mean, it, it, it's 10 and a half ounces. I mean, it is bigger than a, I mean, imagine holding, you know, a, a cue ball in your hand and you feel the weight of the cue ball and like it, I mean, a cue ball pretty much takes up your hand. 
you can put your yeah, hand around yeah. it. But yeah. and then you think of like a pokeball, and you, I mean, you're really stretching your hand around. You know, I mean, it's easy to palm one. It's not like palming a basketball. It's not as big as that. But like ten and a half ounces of die cast metal. Do not throw this. Do not throw it. It must never be thrown. <laughs> But what else are you supposed to do with it? <laughs> right. At what point do your kids ask for that and you go, no, you can't even throw it. <laughs> like, what's... I mean, that's, that is, that is some real heft. Yeah. That is some real heft in that Pokeball. It's the replica, I guess, you know, it's the collector's item. It's the, it'll be worth $156,000 one day, I'm sure. Well, and that's what I mean, because they're selling them each individually at $100, so... And I don't know how you can print. I mean, how do you print the Pokeball, Great Ball, and Ultra Ball, and then you skip out on the Master Ball, and you, you're printing like the Premier Ball. You're printing something yeah. that people don't yeah. even know exists, probably. Right. But, you know, the collectors are going to go gaga for, oh, now I can have, you know, right next to my Super Mario Brothers alternative art, I can have my four Pokeballs. <laughs> uh, Luke, I know you didn't play it, but Greg, did you play the new Pokemon? No, no, I I honestly haven't played one past Red and Blue. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. they, have, yeah. they have something now I'm called Dynamax. I'm that far behind. Yeah, well, that's where they get real big, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's what they need to make next is a like die-cast a metal scale. Dynamax ball. That's, <laughs> yeah, you like, it's like a medicine ball that if you pick up over your head, you're gonna crush yourself at. I can't believe you haven't played one since Red and Blue. No. Got this, I, well, the new one's not great, but. Yeah, and that's kind of what I heard. People weren't like too super uh, excited about it. It's like, eh, well. And I yeah. should play Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee because that's just a remake of Red and Blue. But... Yeah. I, w- I would say, I mean, as a Pokemon, I mean, as a real Pokemon casual, I would say you're not missing that much. Yeah, kind of what I heard. It's the same yeah. idea rehashed a thousand times. Yeah. And this is why I probably just kicked away half of our audience who play games. But <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, yeah, I mean, red and blue, perfect formula. Yeah, it's I, good. It's great. You can stop there. It's amazing. I beat the most recent one, but I did not enjoy it. So, okay. uh, yeah, there's. I don't know. I, I don't know why. I and it. I think that says more about you. Yeah, right. I think that says. I think that I says a lot it, more about you. I did not enjoy it. Yeah, I was miserable <laughs> the whole time. And it's you could have just stopped. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um. All right. Okay. So, all right. Greg, that's my three. Wrap us up, Greg. One. Okay, last one. Here we go. PS apparently PS5 users are being banned due to PS the PS Plus collection abuse. So this is going to take a little bit to explain, but this article article comes from Game Informer as well. So if you're familiar with one of the peak advertising things for the PlayStation 5 coming out, was that there's not a lot of games for it, and they realize it, but there is a ton of backwards compatibility for it. So one of the big things that they push is they say, hey, if you if you buy the PlayStation Live service, the PS Plus service, and you own a PlayStation 5, we're going to give you the PS Plus collection, which is a collection of some of the biggest PS4 games, which is kind of like, OK, that makes sense. Like if you're I mean, if you're an Xbox you know, fan and you're in that ecosystem, you get that like these kinds yep. of things happen all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, that they're dumping those games on you if you have one of the live services. And if you have Game Pass, then it's just like, forget it. You can have all these games, right? But the thing that's really weird and unique about this, what PlayStation and what Sony decided to do that is bonkers to me, is that all of these games in the PlayStation collection are all PS4 games. All of them. 
And they're all PS4 games that also work on the PS5. But if you own a PS4, you cannot play them. Wait, what you do you don't, mean? If you own a PS4 and you're like, hey, I want to get in on that PS Plus collection. Here, oh. I've got my PS Plus you know, subscription service. They're, you, you don't get it. You only get it if you have a PS5, even though they're PS4 That's games. That's great. So it's, it's really, really like nitpicking, right? So what this article is saying that apparently a bunch of people agreed that that is dumb and worked whatever magic they needed to to kind of mess up the PlayStation service so that they could get those games on their PS4 to work. And Sony saw that they did that. And rather than being like, ah, eh, that's just a couple isolated cases. Yeah. And in this, in this case, it's in Hong Kong. They just straight up banned all of these accounts. Like about 2,000 accounts, they banned them. And they basically said, you cannot have access to your accounts for two months because you did this. And and they even like um, banned the whole PS5s. Like they found the serial number and made it stop working. Really? Yeah. They went that far? <laughs> They went that far because they tried to get the free PS4 games on their PS4s. That's absurd. Yeah. And it, it's such a good collection. And they desperately need something to, like, their scene is sort of behind Xbox a little bit right now, just in terms of the games as a right. service and that subscription sort of thing. That was supposed to be it. Like, And so that's crazy that they're going to be so... Nope, they've strictly said only for PS5. If you own a PS4, we don't care about you. These games are only for the PS5. Yeah. And Even though you can get them Ryan. on the PS4. Yeah. Right. Like you could get, because I know it's, what is it, like Bloodborne and Uncharted and, mm -hmm. you know, the greats, right? It was a lot of their greatest hits and then a couple third party. So they're available on PS4. You can download them on PS4, but they're just not going to turn them into that subscription service at all. You still if have you to have pay the $20 or whatever. Yeah, you have to buy the game. You have to buy the game separately. Or because of the way that PS Plus worked is that every month you got one or two free games, but you had to download them yeah. within that window that they were yeah. available. If you didn't, you don't get them. So yeah. they technically have already given these games, most of them, away already. Right. If you had PS Plus already. So, <laughs> so Sony is nitpicking and then to the point that they've actively started banning accounts. And there were most of them were in Hong Kong. Some of them were in the UK. And they even went like, I guess some, some, somebody's tweet said, um, gamers call it the SIE Thanksgiving Day Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. It's very it exciting. Kinda, it kind of makes sense to me because you think about uh, not necessarily Sony's model, but you think about like, when a new console comes out, basically the company stops caring about the previous models. They're like, PS5's out. Yep. Okay, we don't we care about any it. PS4 users. We don't care about any PS3 users. We're all about the five. We're helping five users. And then it's like, wait, you filthy four users are still trying to take four games? How no. weird. Man, man, man. <laughs> so it makes sense to me. Like that sounds true in my head. Yep. Of like, how dare you try to bypass the restrictions that we have enacted for you? We and told you so, who this was for. Yeah. Well, like, like Jim Ryan's messaging a lot has been like, no, four, we're going to support you guys. We're still going to be, you know, making games. We're still going to be uh, connecting with our PS4 players. Because, again, it's a huge amount of people. And that is uh, very contradictory. Very interesting articles, Greg. 
Hmm. Are they all real? Hmm. I think they might be. They sound all real to me. They all do. They, I, I don't. But Luke, all of those sound really real. They do all sound real. I have to be honest with you. I'm telling you, I already know. I knew before we started. Um, I was psychologic, psychologically, psychically, uh, <laughs> uh, Freudian, um, but psychically ready to go. Uh, so I'll let, ESP. Huh? ESP. ESP. That's the one. There you go. Um, yeah, I run, run down I, the stories. Give us a quick summary so I remember Luke's stories. All right. So Luke's first story was about Hades having a fake app on the Apple Store. Uh, I believe just the Apple Store for four ninety nine. Um, Apple Store and Android. Sorry. You could get it on the Play Store. Apple Store and Android had a fake app that mimicked Hades. Hades did not have that app. Correct. Uh, four ninety nine. His next story was the... Mario roller coaster opening up February 4th, February 4th, 2021, uh, 2021 in Japan to mark the start of this section of the Nintendo land uh, theme park. Then his third one was now I'm getting lost in the Pokeballs, uh, <laughs> the Pokeballs, the replica of violent weapons that are being created Um for uh no they're not intentionally uh violent weapons please again don't come after me uh they are next year we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about a different thanksgiving day massacre next year (laughs) okay guys we're gonna talk about something else (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) greg's three articles the first one was the uh the hold on hold on hold on don't tell me uh the fallout 76 well done. Okay. Yeah. Fallout 76 coming out early. The Steel Harvest, right? Is that what it was called? Steel Dawn. Very close. Steel Dawn. Um, coming out early, breaking the game for some people, and then fixing it and having to send it out early in order to make ship up it. for it. Just ship it. Um, just just get it out there in its broken <laughs> state. That's fine. <laughs> We're going to say that every time. It'll be fine. Uh, <clears throat> yep. Greg's second article was I, i'm getting so lost now in my in my thoughts it's uh, super mario brothers uh super mario brothers selling for 156 thousand dollars starting at 61 thousand going all the way up to 156 thousand which is unbelievable in my opinion but it's not the fake one i already know uh and then his third <laughs> one was ps5 banning uh Banning play or not place Sony banning PlayStation Five users that got PlayStation Four users no place PlayStation Five users you got, got the PlayStation Four <laughs> collection and put it on their PlayStation Four when they weren't supposed to exactly and you know right. and they're the company with the good naming convention so this is this is already bad enough uh, all right I'm okay. gonna start with Luke's. Uh, Luke's fake one is going to be the Hades app. There was no Hades app. It never existed. Hades would not allow that. No one would do that to Hades. It's too beloved. It's pure. It's pure. And so am I also no going to say mine? How much, how much money are you willing to wager on that, Preston? Mm. 
how confident how confident are you uh, how confident are you in that statement you were really you you came out of the gate but i don't get paid till friday so five dollars on friday uh on friday (laughs) it's definitely gonna be five dollars on friday i think i'm gonna go five uh greg what what's your guess i am going to guess the exact same I feel like I've followed Hades really closely and I have mm-hmm. not seen any kind of stories like this circulating. Like, look at this fake iPhone Hades app that's tricking all these people. You put a lot of detail into this fake story. So that's the only thing pulling me back. But yeah, I just didn't see anything. I feel like I would have seen something on Twitter because I follow enough people that really like Hades and I really yeah. like it. I feel like that would have stuck out, but I didn't see anything. It was over Thanksgiving. But I'm going to call you out. I think there are, I think that the roller coaster one is definitely real. And I think that the big concrete Pokeball sounds like something that would exist. That or they steal would Pokeballs. Yeah. Misguided. And how much money are you willing to place on that, Craig? $5 eShop gift card. Ooh. I hope you have a Switch. Ooh. Well, I don't have a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> But I will take the offer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, do I reveal now? Or or are we going to do all the bets? Why don't I just reveal and then I'll do my bets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it like that. That sounds good. All right. You are both. That's my drum roll. Correct. You are both correct. Congratulations. I owe you both. I owe Greg a $5 Nintendo Switch gift card. Yes, Black Friday. And I owe Preston $5. I will find you on Friday. I, I will know. tell you both, though, that the article I based this off of... Yeah, what game was it? ...was, was about Cuphead. Cuphead? There, there, really? was a fake, there was a fake Cuphead you know, I app. I think I remember that. Yeah, I think I remember uh, this was that. This was back in 2017. Yeah. Uh, that had cutscenes from Cuphead and art and stuff like that. That's so, a smart way to do that. Yeah, so very good job. Very good job. Uh, I I would – so it's funny that you say nobody would do that to Hades because I would have said the same thing about Cuphead yeah, three yeah, years ago. Yeah. That nobody would have done that to Cuphead. Yeah. It's such a unique game experience. And so I was like, hmm, I don't know. Like, But then there's no way for me to like re-bluff about it. I can be yeah, like, hmm, I don't know because it happened to Cuphead. <laughs> I wasn't going to do that like spoil it. So. It's so funny because the whole thing of Cuphead is don't deal with the devil. <laughs> and the whole thing yeah, exactly and here you go yeah look at right uh, that through line. line believe it or not <laughs> yeah. though uh Just and this is real <laughs> believe it or not though and this is real uh over a million purchases on the cuphead no. app over a million purchases on the cuphead app Jeez. before before google finally listed it as a scam and took it off man a yeah. story i want to look up and see like what the follow-up if there was follow-up what the scam like how they go after people like that. I think that's really important to be yeah. um, transparent about that. Uh, Man, now I'm worried because now I'm going to, I'm going to look the fool if I can't <laughs> also see my opponent's bluff. I realized by the way, that I'm the one with the most money on the line. If I'm betting, because <laughs> since I'm betting on both of y'all's that I'm the one, you could just really lose all of it. <laughs> Right, but next, <laughs> next episode I'll have the most to lose, yeah, so it, it yeah. works. You'll go we'll, back we'll flip, and forth. Yeah, we'll go back and forth losing money. It's fine. Um, <laughs> right. Okay, so I, I'm going to recap all three of his. So the Fallout 76 one, 
it just seems real because of the reputation of Fallout 76. It just makes sense to me. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers feels a little shady. It definitely feels like, could somebody have bought this? Was there actually a copy that was only sold in Chicago, a copy that was only sold in New York, etc.? Kind of thing. And then the third one, you didn't give a source for the third article. And you had said, but that could have been a trick. That could have been a trick. Because Greg Griffith, you're a smart man. You got a smooth, sexy voice. And I will not be I will not be hoodwinked by your tricks. I think that the lie is number two. I do not think that one of those existed because I know a lot of people who play Super Mario Brothers, and I feel like that would have been news to them. And they would have been like, hey, by the way, my game, not only do I have the world record for the speed run of that game, but my game is also the speed run or the record of most expensive game sold. I do not believe there is a alternate version out there. And I'm going to wager $10 on number two. Oh, oh, buddy. So I'm going to attempt to make my money back off of your bluff. Uh, Preston, what do you think? Go ahead and make the, the big reveal. Um, and when Oh, do you already know? Uh, you already know? It's the Fallout. It's the Fallout 76 one. That one does not exist. There was, it was $156,000. I know yours is real. The one that you guessed I know is real. But I think the Fallout 76 one, I want my $10. Give me my $10. Survey says. Survey says. Luke was correct. Wait, what? Mario, what is wrong? Let's go. Okay, so the true, the true story, and I should have known better. Luke is a speedrunner. He knows everything about Mario. Why the heck would I try to trick him with this? The true story is uh, the actual world record breaking video game that sold on a special variant cover is super mario brothers three three yes you know what i was thinking in the back of my head that that was right that there was somewhere out there where it was like a (laughs) not necessarily an alternate art but there was like a japanese only art and i was like i i feel like i am dead right on this and yes yes (laughs) yes do you want to know so i i Oh, I forgot it was three. I cannot believe it. it was because Mario I did read this three. article just the other day. <laughs> Do you know what the variation is for the what the difference is between it and like normal? It's it was, where the B and Bros overlaps yeah, Mario's arm, and mm-hmm. that's it. That's the only difference between it. One hundred and fifty. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think of the fact that that was like the alternate art, but I know exactly. What you mean with the letter yeah. going over his arm or his arm going over the letter or whatever version it is. So yeah, I wasn't I wasn't just making up the part about the special releases, though, of the original Super Mario Brothers. They're another on the, in the same auction. It sold for one hundred and ten thousand dollars. Wow. And the difference was um, it, it was a special ver- uh, version that came in 1985 to um like chicago and new york and that early oh wow market. so the alternate the difference cities was, only it, it wasn't a different variant cover the difference was there was no shrink wrap around the box oh the difference was they just sealed it with like this special nintendo sticker mm-hmm. 
and that's it. So like you could see the glossy finish like through the plastic box or whatever because there was wow. no shrink wrap on it. And because of that, it sold for $110,000. Oh, my God. People have way too much money. People have <laughs> no. way too much money. Give so I thought between money. those two things I could trick you, but nope. Luke, Luke knows his stuff too much when it comes to Mario. Let's go. Dang it. I'm just amazed that I, I thought surely Fallout 76 deserved to win. You know? I was like, no, they're, you, come on. No, they, they can't like even that. come out with their patches in the next DLC. <laughs> no, they, they couldn't even ship the game ready to go, dude. <laughs> How are they going to ship this patch? You know All what? Right. I think we should give Bethesda $7.5 billion, though. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> they're, true, they true. earned every penny. What can I they say? They're worth so thing. much money. <laughs> right. I mean, with those $12 subscriptions. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Awesome. Well, I owe uh, Greg, I owe you $10. Uh, And And I owe Luke $10? And Luke Technically, you owe me $5. Technically, you owe me $5. Okay, we can do that. And I owe Preston $5. So it's kind of like a weird money triangle. We're going to give each other $5. We're we're going to tally this up on the scoreboard. No, that is literally what we're doing. We're all passing each other $5. (laughs) Except for Preston. He's passing you $10. Oh, sweet. I get the the Ultimately, I guess, yeah, Greg gets $5 is what we learned today. Yes, Uh, yes. $5 eShop gift card. There you go. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. So no money actually needs to be exchanged except for Preston giving Greg $5. Friday. Sweet. That's like the perfect that's the perfect solution for me. I can't even afford a five dollar eShop gift card. <laughs> but people are buying hundred and ten thousand copies dollar copies of uh, Mario. Um <laughs> all right. So that's all the news that we're gonna have for now. In the next segment, we're gonna get into some interview questions and then we're gonna go over our top ten game of the year choices of the year. Yes. For twenty twenty on a plaque. Sweet. (laughs) Let's hear a word from our sponsor before the next section. There is no sponsor. So we're back from our wonderful sponsor break, and we have a couple questions to go for Luke, and then we're going to be talking about Level Zero, uh, Greg's wonderful new podcast. From there, we're going to get into our top tens. Are y'all all set already? Oh, yeah. Let's go. Sweet. So my one speedrunning question for you this week, Luke, is what's your best run? And what's your, like, I guess, which one are you most proud of? All right. So I... You know, as I said last time, I've done a lot of speed runs. I've, you know, I've put a fair amount of time into doing stuff. But uh, the thing that I think I'm most proud of is there is a speed running event called the Sprash Fecta. And the Sprash Fecta consists of the first three Spyro the Dragon games and the first three Crash Bandicoot games. And in Sprash Fecta, you are asked to complete all six games to their 100% or equal completion, and you speed run them back to back to back to back to back. 
Um, and so it's just all one sitting. Yeah, it's all one sitting. So it's six games, uh, three spiral, three crash, all to 100% or higher in some games. Um, and you are done once you finish all six. And you have to build in bathroom breaks and getting food and stuff Ooh. like that. And the world record is a 12-hour and 10-minute time. Oh, my God. Uh, that is held by a speedrunner by the name of Jumpy Luff, a very, very uh, varied speedrunner. He does a lot of different stuff. Um, my time is a 14 hour and 56 minute. So I am 14th on the leaderboards. Hey, um, nice. but I think, you know, I have other games where I'm higher up on the leaderboard, but when I sat down and I was really thinking about what run I was most proud of, I thought about Smash Factor because learning a speed game is, um, you know, it can be easy or difficult in its own sense of having to really learn the game, especially if it was a game that you never played as a kid. Let's just say the speed game interests you and you're like, yeah, I want to play that. But you don't have that sort of childhood nostalgia tie yeah. into that game. You know, like right. for me, it was really easy to pick up Banjo-Kazooie because it was the first video game I ever owned. And I was like, I've beaten this game casually like a hundred times. Why would I not just learn the speed run of it yeah but with the spiral and crash games you know i didn't have a playstation one growing up these were games i played when i went over to friends houses because i had the n64 and they had the playstation and so these weren't games that i played a whole lot of as a kid but i had dabbled in them and playing them and Splash Facta is an event that happens uh twice a year now uh it didn't used to happen twice a year it used to only happen in the winter but now it happens twice a year, once in the winter, once in the summer, and just people gather around to sit in a voice call and do all six games back-to-back. -back. And the first time I ever did it, four years ago, my final time was 20 hours and 10 minutes of oh speed running. So we had started at 9 a.m., and I finished at 5 a.m., that's, in, Jeez, that's insane. Man. So and I'm, are you streaming this the whole time? And I'm streaming the entire time. Okay. The VOD exists of my original 20-hour time. Should you choose to watch it, <laughs> I would highly recommend you don't. <laughs> um, but I did the speed. I did the Splash Facta over the summer this year, and my time was a 14-hour and 56-minute time. So not only have I learned all six games, but I have improved my games over the last four years. And yeah, I'm very, very proud of that speed run. So, nice. And nowhere close to the world record. There. Nowhere close to the world record, but at the same time. I'm very it pleased with far. It. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, it sounds like a lot, obviously uh, whenever you talk about the times, but I feel like whenever you say like your 14th uh, versus first, like that, it's a lot closer than it really seems. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's not so much that there's a lot of competition, but that there's only so many, so many runners that have actually done it. You know? Oh, okay. So, so quick, basic question about speed running. How, when you do the leaderboards, how do yeah. you how do they make sure that everything is fair? Like does everything have to be run on an original PS1 with an original disc or you know can it be emulated? How are the rules around that because you'd imagine the ROMs are a little bit different. Yeah, so that's an interesting question that you bring up. So, um with Splash speedrunning, it's it's really weird because obviously every game is fastest on a PlayStation 2 that has fast disk speed enabled. This is an option that you are allowed to do on your PS2 and 
The PlayStation 2 loads PlayStation 1 games super fast. You save a ton of time on loading zones compared to PlayStation 1. Like I said, I do not own a PlayStation 1 or 2. Um, and so I am unable to play these games uh, on a specific console that I would want to effectively speedrun them on. They are all available on the PS3, and I own some of them on the PS3, but the PS3 versions of those games are garbage. So you do not <laughs> wow. want to speedrun them on the Don't PS3. Uh, I emulate all six games okay. on my PC. Um, That's allowed? And that is allowed for those specific games. Uh, emulators are a tricky thing when it comes to speedrunning because there are some emulators that will run the game faster than intended. And so for a lot of speedrunning communities, they will look at those emulators and they will say, here are the versions you can use. Here are the versions that are banned. And you will not be able to submit your time on the leaderboards because you are going faster than you would be able to on a console. Yeah, because the load times you just cut completely, right? Yeah, you can cut load times. You can save frames during specific tricks. You can basically skip cutscenes, whatever it might be. Or the entire game just runs faster. Spyro moves 30 frames faster across a certain period of time than he normally would on, you know, uh, the game. So Hmm. I do not run on the fastest version. The fast version, again, is on the PS2, but I make do with what I have. Have you, you gotta go to your remakes of the have you played the remakes of both Crash Trilogy and the new Spiral in the Spiral yeah. 1 and 2? Yes, so it's interesting that you talk about that because not only is there a Sprash Fecta, gentlemen, but there is a Sprash Fecta HD remaster <laughs> where you are playing the three remasters <laughs> and the three remasters. <laughs> it is kind of game. it is much longer. A lot of the tricks have been patched out. You cannot do a lot of the glitches. Yeah on the remasters so it is effectively longer and there is one speedrunner out there by the name of wed who has done the sprash fecta and the sprash fecta hd back to back no so he has done 12 games and the world record he is the only one 36 hours oh this one's I love- terrible. Like, oh, the 3D space platforming, like, uh, like being that tired. Yeah. <laughs> After yeah. watching so many people do like their extra life streams over the past couple weeks, yeah. it, just thinking of 36 hours versus even 24 or whatever. Yeah. Seeing them in like oh. 18 hours in, it's like, are, are you okay? Are you hanging in there? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I almost fell asleep at that last cutscene, but I'm all right. <laughs> like, yeah. Double that. I can't believe 36 hours. Golly. Yeah. The dude's going to have heart problems, but <laughs> he has the world record. And I don't think anyone's going to be going up against that no. for a while. No, I don't. I don't think anybody <laughs> has. No, and it's not even a matter of having the the umption to do it, but just the time, That's the endurance way. is nuts. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to get on to the level zero questions. A couple of those okay. uh, for Mr. Greg Griffith here. Griffin, Griffith, Griffith. Yeah. T H. Griffin. All right. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So for your, like I was saying earlier, a lot of people, obviously we, uh, your target audience is specifically mm-hmm. new players. What are some of the resources beyond your podcast that you would suggest that people go to in order to learn like the basics? And I guess I'll get into what I mean by that after your initial yeah. sort of, 
it, it, that's a good question and it's i wish there was like a simple and easy answer you could just say hey just go here um you know and it might depend like if you're a parent buying for your kids um there's a, a website called common sense media that hmm. that basically just runs down a lot of games gives very specific reviews you know <laughs> from a parent's perspective basically saying like you know here's the kinds of things in this game like yeah you know because when you sit there and look at like the esrb and the right. e for everyone t and m and like that's it you've got nothing else to base anything on yeah so a resource like that for your kids is really really good but if you're like a casual gamer you're an adult that doesn't these things don't bother you but when you start to look and you log onto something like ign and you're just blasted with you know news articles that maybe you have no idea what the subject matter is even about um mm -hmm. or you try to follow random people on twitter and it'll just blow you away like it, it's definitely hard where if you're just barely getting into it and you just want to graze and only see the things that you want to like honestly the best kind of resource is probably like really specific reddit forums you know oh yeah if you can find uh, a niche in a community like that I, I would i think that is a better resource than trying to just blast through a website personally like i like gameinformer.com i think that one is is a really really simple and straightforward website yeah that has that doesn't dive way too deep into the news aspect gives really good and thorough reviews of games and stuff like that and i mean shoot i've been following the game informer guys for a long while now hence min max where we're meeting now right um so yeah, I think Game Informer is a good website pretty much for everybody. But other than that, like shoot, it, it just kind of depends what you're specifically looking at. Yeah, and I like the that call out, especially again, I think all three of us probably had Game Informer at some point in magazine mm -hmm. form. And they've translated that really well to their website. They've and done it, yeah. It feels sectioned off in a way that is a lot more palatable rather right. than something like IGN where it is just the whole smorgasbord all laid out right in yeah. front of you um and it it feels <clears throat> approachable mm -hmm. uh in the same way that the magazine was always approachable for mm -hmm. us as kids uh and i think that they've done a really good job of that yeah. uh, so how granular do you think that you are gonna get i know right now you just did the history of nintendo mm -hmm. i really liked your black friday uh where you went sort of over all of the uh consoles are you going to move into sort of like, sorry, as granular as something like how sound effects support uh, our understanding of games or just the idea of video game language in terms of, you know, you move to the right on a side scroller yeah. versus the left. Okay. Uh, yeah, how yeah. basics. Yeah. I see your, I see what you mean. I mean, I think, and I'm, it's obviously a figuring out as I'm going, I've got a good yeah. list of, of episodes that I want to do. Um, a lot of it is figuring out like who is listening to this and who's my target audience. Um, mm -hmm. Because that's a hard thing. And that's something I tried to push out from the beginning. I mean, I'm telling you what my, I think my target audience is now. Um, but if people are really interested in the history and these weird little nuggets about video games that they've never, they never knew before, it's something that, they could impress somebody that likes video games, you know, with these like fun little facts, you know, maybe yeah. I'll start leaning a little bit more into that. Um, but I definitely just kind of want to make it informative, but also, you know, kind of fun and engaging. So I don't want to get like too into the weeds with anything, 
because I think you, as soon as you do, you just kind of start losing the audience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I, I mean, you, like you pointed out earlier, you're going for that 20 minute, uh, yeah. around 20 minutes. And once you get into those sort of, what is the point of video game language that can be, I mean, there are whole two hour video essays yeah. about just that concept. And so, it, yeah, uh, I think that's, yeah. And like, like another kind of example would be like, what are the different genres of video games? Like explain mm-hmm. those to me. And that would yeah. be kind of like, that's a topic I plan to kind of dive into. Right. And just the things yeah. and really looking for things that people are getting hung up on. Like how does game pass work? I'm confused. You know, okay. that's the kind of topic I want to be like, okay, let me explain what game pass is. Let me explain why you shouldn't be scared of a subscription service on a video game console. It's I'll tell you what the Netflix, you know what I mean? I'll tell you I what I think is, is that perfect. Uh, yeah. Well, the thing, you know, when I was listening to your Nintendo episode, uh, the, your podcast, I think you've really hit on something because your podcast reminds me a lot of the um, crash course series on YouTube hmm. uh, with mm-hmm. uh, John Green and I can never remember Hank his brother's Green. name. Hank Green. Thank you. Uh, where, you know, they hit a topic. And it's just very engaging and informative, and it is fun. And they throw in little jokes and little quips and things like that. And it is useful to their audience because the audience is like, please explain to me like I'm five what happened in the Revolutionary War or whatever it was, right? It's Mm -hmm. a crash course on any certain topic. And I think you're right in that a lot of video game resources that are out there, they are so pointed and specific that if you weren't already involved in that world before you have a hard time um, gaining access to that club, you have a hard time feeling like you belong. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool that you have something out there. That's like, just come, come to me, rest your head (laughs) on my shoulder. I got you. Let me talk. Let me tell you about it all. And, And, but you also make it fun. You also make it to where it's like, you know, catchy and, and it is witty and it's, and it's fun to listen to. And I really enjoyed your first episode. No, I appreciate that. And I think a lot of it's going to, I really plan to have just the first half being on a topic and the second, the whole second half being question and answers. That's, that's kind of my ideal thing. And that way it's, it's, it's immediate, you know, audience, like, what are you confused about and how can I answer it? And if something is like, takes a little time to explain, like, I'll just make that a whole episode. Perfect. Like you're, this is what I need to explain to you. So I hope that I can get to the point where there's enough listeners that people are like, I don't get game pass or why can't I play PlayStation four plus games on my PlayStation four from the PlayStation yeah. plus collection? <laughs> because Sony is coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me explain it. Big brother. I don't know. <laughs> um, so where, you know, we're going to do the plugs and stuff at the end, but for now I do want to know where, can people reach out for questions or yeah. if they do want you to cover a specific topic? I try, I try to make it pretty simple. Um, there is an email address. That's just questions at level zero podcast.com. Perfect. Um, so that's pretty straightforward. And then on face, there's a Facebook page dedicated to it. That's just facebook.com slash level zero pod. And then Twitter is that same at level zero pod. Um, and I'm awesome. trying to make it as simple as you can DM me there or just, just put the comment in there. You know, yeah. and I'll start making posts about specific topics and hopefully people throw comments in there and then okay. that, that could be, it could be as simple as that. Just comment on there. How hard was it to get your, uh, oh my gosh, 
your at names. Your handle. Uh, handles. Handle. It actually wasn't that hard. That domain name um, was probably the hardest because there was already levelzero.com, but there was not yeah. levelzeropodcast.com. Yeah. Um, but then getting the other ones, it wasn't, nobody had pod nice. at the end. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I realized that one kind of late. So I'm going to have to go back through and fix all mine. But because uh, <laughs> all of mine are just, it's all over the place. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. The last question is what is your go to new player game? If you're trying to introduce mm-hmm. someone, sit them down and they've barely maybe picked up a controller once or twice at best. Yeah. What would you put them down? It's funny because honestly that my answer still hasn't changed and it's still Mario Kart. (laughs) Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Yeah. Because I feel like that's always the ultimate like party. Like we're already playing anyways. Just jump in here. You just, just hold a and you go straight. Like just, just go. And that, that's That's kind of always been point. That's always been like what, people play like well i've never played n64 before but i have played mario kart 64 it's like mm-hmm. yeah you have if you grew up like in that realm of late 90s early 2000s you probably touched mario kart in some way shape or form so i feel and like that's a good entry like point the highest selling on every single nintendo oh, console because yeah, so yeah like every, most people have least come in contact with it yeah they're still selling that, like Wii that U port of mario kart 8 <laughs> yeah on the switch i like that idea that uh that Mario Kart does just, yeah, it sort of drives for you in certain cases. Mm-hmm. You just hold a, because again, I would normal I normally would think like Mario in terms of, you know, you learn to go right. You learn some of that, mm-hmm. but Mario Kart really even breaks it down even more for uh, the player, which is really awesome. Yeah. And like, if you're playing with a switch with just one Joy-Con, you don't have to hold anything. It'll just, uh, it knows that you don't have enough buttons. So you'll, it'll just go. And so, so you can just like do the sh- bumpers and just go left and right and then, you know, A to fire your weapon. So they couldn't have made it more simple to just here, go play Mario Kart. Like they should have just come bundled with it all the time. Yeah. Reinstalled on that machine. That's a really, I really like, I was not expecting you to say that. I like, but it just makes sense. As soon as yeah. you say it, it clicks. Like, I do think he's dead on. I mean, you think about, uh, I mean, even when I went to parties when I was a kid, and like it was like all of us gathered around the N64, like the only time a parent would like step in at all and be like, oh, yeah. let me play one was yeah. Mario Kart. Because it's yeah. so easy to just like uh, drive a cart straight down a road yeah. and right. occasionally use another button to fire red or green shells. <laughs> and yeah, all you're doing is turning and accelerating. Yeah, yeah. It's not too embarrassing if you're not doing well at it. So, yeah. yeah and one. I guess. In, in that regard too there's all that rubber banding too and so it yeah. does support those people way in the back uh, in a way that if you're not familiar with games you don't even know it's happening kind of you're just like oh i got lucky with the bullet bill yeah it just and, like shoots um, you right ahead it's like oh okay yeah great. <laughs> and you don't think twice about it yeah uh that's actually oh, god I'm, from here on out that's gonna be first recommendation <laughs> i really like that there you go um and from that we have our we're getting into our top tens. This is something that I am not. Uh, uh, I can't overstate enough how much I've always wanted to just sit down and do a top ten thing for games at the mm-hmm. end of the year. I love end of the year recap content. Uh, that's really, I think, originally why I got into the Game Informer uh, podcast, and then eventually Min Max and stuff like that was 
because of end of the year recap stuff. And so yeah. I am really excited to get into this. Um, how was y'all's, how was deciding for y'all? <laughs> All right. Well, confession right off the bat. I just don't spend a lot of money on video games. So as a result, I'm always playing last year's titles or, you know, even further back than that. <laughs> like I'm, you know, just kind of whatever I can get my hands on. And Game Pass is kind of the perfect thing for me where it's like just whatever I have yes. access to. Dude, um, you're talking to a Nintendo 64 <laughs> speedrunner. <laughs> you're exactly no my audience here. Where no you, worries. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I'm not on top of things. And the biggest thing for me that I'll painfully admit is that this console generation, I decided not to go with the PS4. I decided to go with the Xbox. Xbox. And as a result, for seven full years, I have not been playing the top games. Yep. And it is killing me. (laughs) That I, yeah, I came right into the console, uh, late into the generation of the PS4 Pro. And like sometime last year and just had, I mean, I was lucky enough to get it at all. So I, I mean, they cost a good little penny. Yeah. Um, and I just binged so much, which I'll actually speak to that in one of my choices today in terms of, uh, an older game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Luke, how was, how was yours? Same thing. My list was pretty simple. Uh, it didn't take me too long to think of 10 games that I definitely wanted to put in my top 10. Uh, I will say that one of them technically didn't come out this year, but <laughs> in my head, it technically did yeah. because <laughs> because it just like makes sense. I mean, when I talk about it, it'll make sense. But uh, yeah, it wasn't too hard for me. I mean, there were some great game releases this year in a year filled with uh, uncertainty and people wanting to delay games because because of yeah. COVID and, and release dates and things like that. And oh, yeah. It was still a great, it was a great year for video games. I am not disappointed in the slightest in my top 10. Absolutely. And I think with that regard, I do want to point out that we are going with some rules that are a little bit uh, wacky and blasphemous, uh, which are two words that always go together. I know that's the Pope always says that's wacky and blasphemous. Um, So the top 10 list can allow, it is the game of the year to you. So if it is a game that you played this year that you just really enjoyed, but it didn't come out this year, that is perfectly under. Oh, see, Luke, Luke's a purist. Uh, but, sh- but shame on you. You can <laughs> say it, but shame on you. I completely agree with the idea that this is my game of the year, whether or not it was from this year. I was. We're doing personal. Now, if we were going to do an argument over what are the top 10 games of well, I guess I guess I shouldn't restrict it because in the next episode we're going to talk about the game show awards and who yeah. and what actually won game of the year. So, right, you know, this is we'll get to we'll, we'll talk about that more and our personal yay or nay for what actually won. So right, and then as we go along, we're going to do a little round robin. Um, I think Greg will start us off, then Luke, then I will go, and then what we will do is we will comment on. Uh, Comment on the games as they come up. If let's say Greg's number 10 is my number seven, then I'll just talk about it then and say, oh yeah, I had that one too. That's my number seven. That's really exciting. There's one game that I know of that is higher up on my list. That's lower down on y'all's and I'm not going to bring it up. Uh, and you know, I'll just say, Hey, I'll let y'all get to that whenever we get to it. Uh, 
for the first five, I'm going to say, so 10 through six, I'm going to say, let's do quick pitches. Uh, as much as you can get your, get your, the, the excitement, uh, well, you know, trailer, movie trailer sort of pitches here in terms in of world. like, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, Greg is going to be able to do this a lot better than me. Okay. <laughs> like yeah. he's already done the Alfred. He's going to do the movie trailer. Like I'm behind it's, at this point. It's an unfair game, unfair <laughs> advantage at this point. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, all of those ground rules being laid, Greg, go ahead. I'm so glad those ground rules exist because I would have one game that would just be all <laughs> 10 of mine, and that would be Hades. It would just be number 10 is Hades and 9 all the way on up. But you let me just pick oh. whatever games I want. So I thought you were going to say Hades is your number 10. Absolutely was... not. Yikes. Not my number 10 game that I played in 2020 came to the Nintendo Switch this year, it did, technically, mm. through the SNES portal of Nintendo Online. Nice. <laughs> my number 10 is Donkey Kong Country, the first one. Oh, very nice. It was nice. my. It was the first time I replayed that game since childhood, and that game is pure nostalgia for me. From the, from the title screen, that thing rolled, and I just got goosebumps. I was like, oh, man. I didn't realize like how much just the music in that title screen, you know, I saw as a kid. Um, so I played through it again this year, and I really liked the first half of that game, and the back half of that, half of that game does not hold up. It's not That's very, what I was, that was It's my not fun in the back half. Like, I, I fell off a couple times and did not want to finish it, but then finally finished it, came back around on it. Like, okay, good, great game. I understand. It's a classic. I was miserable, but I beat it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think y'all y'all came after me about this earlier. <laughs> I was miserable, but I beat it. Yeah. Hey, save states um, is a hell of a thing. I'll say that. <laughs> that's what I was. Yeah, I think with it being in the new Nintendo system, it's sort of like a must play. Go ahead if yeah. you have Nintendo Online, you definitely have to get it right. Yeah. So is Donkey Kong Country on y'all's list? Donkey Kong Country? No. Anyone? <laughs> uh, that was my number. No. No. Uh. uh Luke, what is your number 10? All right, my number 10, it did come out this year. It came out earlier this year, maybe over the summer, maybe before. Uh, it's Ori and the Blind Forest 2, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh, for anybody who's, played Ori, the, anybody who's played Ori and the Blind Forest, uh, beautiful, beautiful game, mm. awesome game. Um, maybe not necessarily brand new, unique in terms of mechanics and gameplay, but pretty damn close, pretty, mm -hmm. pretty close in terms of uh, how um just stellar the gameplay was the music the visuals for uh an independent game studio i thought it was awesome and two holds up equally as precious in my mind i think it's an awesome game hmm. yeah that was my number five and it is it is especially on the series x uh, you it's a must download just to see because it's so beautiful and the colors and the HDR and all that wonderful stuff. It's sort of like it highlights why you got the Series X versus the Series S. Yeah. Um, and not only, I mean, even originally when it first came out beyond this new console, it is, it's so fluid and just getting around that world, you forget about, well, you kind of forget about the fast travel because it is just so joyful. Yeah. Just to move. Yeah. 
I played uh, I played 30 minutes of that game just so I had to dive in and see what it looked like on my TV. I've got a 1X, so the 4K is still coming through on that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, it, it's stunning. And the only reason I didn't keep playing is because I felt like I needed to go back and play the first one, which I hadn't played, unfortunately. So I, I felt like I had to do my homework, which would then yes. kind of added up the hours, right? So I, I think I Press and I will both agree that you made the right call and yeah. you need to go back and yeah. do yeah. homework. I think it's totally – I think you could go into two not knowing one, but one makes two but you shouldn't. better. But you shouldn't. Right, 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 right. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, all right. Well, my number 10 is Ghosts of Tsushima. Um, this is probably directly at uh, Greg's need for a PS4, Ugh. but it is – it was a beautiful game again. Uh, it really just – it made a 4K TV – worth a 4k tv it felt really good so and but beyond beauty it's very serene uh and an online or not an online an open world experience in a way that we don't get very often where there's a lot it's very breath of the wild in the in the silence and in the quietude mm-hmm. uh, that quietude. enhances that those moments of action um and you just feel like such a uh you feel like the samurai uh whenever you go up against three other guys in the duel and i know it's just a button press and a hold and release but still whenever you see him flash across the screen with his sword and cut through three different guys it is uh one of the best empowering feelings uh of the year and if you played i don't know why this has been a big callback for me but way of the samurai um from i think ps2 it just it it has a lot of that to me for some reason and i played it in like junior high so I don't know if it's just nostalgia because I don't entirely remember that game. Totally worth it. There's a lot of other much bigger games uh, and much more impressive games this year. That's why it's a little bit down, but uh, it's really, really good. Yeah, I haven't talked to anybody that has anything negative to say about that game. Yeah. Which kills me because it's like, all right, well, it's the end of the PS4. Like, they're not going to come out with another great exclusive. Right. Like, oh, all right. Okay. This is just so frustrating. And again, my only... Uh, downside to the game is on me personally, I just get open world fatigue. Sure. Uh, and so yeah. it has, it feels worth it in a lot of its activities. Um, but eventually I just, I cut out at the 40 hour mark. What can I say? I'm so, you know, um, Greg, go ahead. What's your number nine? Okay. Number nine, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I know mm. it didn't come out this year, but I yeah. am, I can put it up there just from the campaign alone. Not even to That's mention, like, the great multiplayer that it has that worked really well, um, especially Warzone. But the campaign was really pretty impressive, especially visually. Like, the mm-hmm. the I've never seen live-action cutscenes look so real as I did in that game. Like, the, the way they did the facial capture and just the scenes themselves, they look spectacular. Um, All of the COD mod games did a fantastic job. Uh, you know, if we're yeah. going to call back to modern warfare games in general, sure. Uh, all the campaigns, great cutscenes, great they cinematography. Good job, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you really feel immersed in those campaigns. Yeah, yeah. And this one do... did not pull punches. It it went straight for like, yeah, you're a little kid, and this guy's trying to kill you. Mm. Like, oh, geez, okay, that's where we're at right yeah. now. Did you think that that it had? Um... Do you think it handled that well in terms of like versus shock value? Because uh, again, I mean, if you're going mm-hmm. back to two, mm-hmm. you've got no Russian and stuff like that. Yeah. But do you think that it wasn't too 
much kind of I, thing. I thought they did everything really well. The thing that I dislike the most, which could is why it's not higher, is because of what they did with the protagonist. Like Alex as a protagonist, just like the clear cut white guy. Like, do we have to do mm-hmm. this in every single video game mm-hmm. forever? Like, oh, it, about it's, him. it's the white army guy that has the same voice. Even though it, yeah. I looked it up, I had to look it up. It's like, who's this voice actor? Because he sounds like everybody. So is it <laughs> yeah. just Nolan North or who is this? You know, or Troy Baker, like, or I know I've heard this voice before. Like, no, it's just a guy doing impression of generic oh, white guy yeah. voice. And like, right. oh, I could not get past it. The whole game, I really tried because there's some interesting things in there. And they really yeah. chop it up, right? Where they've got Price, which is a really cool side character. And then they've got, um, oh, I forget what her name is. The main girl. Um, but anyway, they chop it up so he's not the whole focus. But like, still, it's just like <laughs> you're killing me. Like, mm-hmm. just take him out of it. Like, it would have been a better just, game with no with no Alex at all. You know? Yeah. Um, Luke, not on my list. Not on your not list. on your list. No. Not a... No. What's your number no. nine then? Uh, my number nine, a game that was released with the release of the PlayStation Five. A beautiful game. It looks awesome. The gameplay is phenomenal. No press, and it's not Demon Souls. I'm talking about Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Uh, and coming from a guy who put a ton of time into Spider-Man, the original on PS4, the game looks awesome. The game looks really, really cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. Have you not played this yet? No, I haven't played it. But I have watched. <laughs> put these but it doesn't matter because I've watched. I have watched. I've sunk so many hours watching like, the wait game. Wait a minute. You just know for people PS5. who've played it early. <laughs> not on the PS5. We just talked in the last episode how we're not chunking out six, dollars $700 for this console. But I'm just saying. You can't that the game put that on your list. Phenomenal. And, uh, and I think it's going to play up to, you know. Like I said, I played the original Spider-Man on PS4, and it's the same game engine just shoved into a PS5. It's going to be the same visuals, the same sort of gameplay that you're looking for, the armor perks and the different sort of looks that you can have. And now you are Miles Morales. You are this character that's different than all the other white guys out there, Greg. And you have a reason to be this awesome Spider-Man. Come on, quit criticizing me when I'm literally giving you what you want. No, uh, okay. yeah. that's the case that's the my number awesome. one but i didn't know we could put games that we haven't played yet <laughs> i'm over here putting i, I, I think we're playing it's, I think it's we're a play if you break the rules but if i break the rules right 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 all right fine. that's what i was gonna say we're playing fast and ru- loose with the rules <laughs> i like it i'll allow it uh <laughs> only if you promise that you had a controller in your hand every time you watched gameplay <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, I did. I know what this feels like. I definitely <laughs> held a controller the entire time. Um, my number nine is Life is Strange Season 2. Uh, it was something that I played early on in the quarantine with my wife, and it is something that has a wonderful, you know, bite-sized stories. You could do it in multiple nights over the course of a couple weeks. Uh, it does have a really wonderful story uh, in terms of, Brothers coming together, they get torn apart a little bit and they come back and to overcome just all of the adversity that's put in front of them. And it is a wonderful, beautiful little story with its hiccups, of course, um, because any. Uh, oh, my gosh. What is that company that makes it? Don't nod. Uh, just like a telltale game is going to have sort of these things. Yeah. But they are 
it is good and it is on game pass all of it i haven't played tell me why yet but that was going to be was it life is strange two or one season two two okay which finished up this year so okay technically we'll allow it (laughs) all right number eight greg okay my number eight another one that just is nowhere near the 2020 mark but what remains of edith finch this is a game that um is kind of falls into one of the walking simulator categories and minmax did a game club discussion of this game Mm -hmm. they did a deepest dive luke that's where they're you know if you're not familiar with it this is where they're basically like they make it like a book club, but for games. So everybody's yeah, okay. playing the same game at so the good. same time and say, Hey, this week we're playing this game, submit your comments. And then they go oh, that's through, really interesting idea. they go through everybody's comments and then they're pushing their own comments into the conversation. So it's a full on like book club, but for whatever game they're doing one on miles Morales right now, or they just finished it. Um, but they did one on Edith Finch. And I really like that. Cause that's a two hour game. And I was like, Oh, I can play the whole game. It's available on game pass. And this and this is one that I know that I'll like because I, I really like this kind of genre. I hadn't played it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's really like narratively, it just pulls you in and pulls you along the whole time, tells you a really interesting story. And it looks really good, too. Like, I think it was a 2017 game. But yeah, I definitely recommend that for everybody. Yeah, I got to look it up. I've I've actually never heard of it. Yeah, you saying really. It? I've ever heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's about a, a girl coming back to her family childhood home. And it's all about like how weird her family is. And you discover things about each family member as it goes right. along. And it's like morbid, but kind I'm of in. funny. Like I, it's really interesting. And then that min max discussion with it was, was really good. That was fun to like, you know, submit my thoughts, like while playing the game. First game I've ever taken notes playing. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Uh, yeah. It is excellent. Uh, I, not on my list, but that's <laughs> yeah, also not on my list because I've never heard of uh, it. <laughs> no, but it is wonderful. It's it's a highly recommend for me too. It's one of my probably favorites. Uh, I approve this message. Uh, awesome, Luke. Okay, number eight on my list is the one that could be argued as not being released in 2020 because technically it didn't release in 2020. But it is Among Us. Among Us is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, come on, guys. Who who in here is going to say they heard of Among Us before this year? Come on, you did. <laughs> yeah, you were right. not playing this who game when it was released in 2018. Who Among Us? <laughs> who is the imposter who says that they were playing this game in 2018? No, seriously, this game exploded onto the scene, and what used to be my Fortnite playing students in class has now turned into my Among Us playing students in <laughs> yeah, class. Absolutely, uh, it, this game is everywhere. People love the social deduction aspect. Uh, game developers are realizing how much people enjoy the social deduction aspect. Uh, AOC got <laughs> off of her Congress pedestal to come down and play games with Twitch streamers to play, you know, Among Us. Like, Which was this so is a smart. huge game. It's this crazy. is a huge game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it is fun. Uh, I prefer social deduction games in person. I would rather get to see people's faces while they're stabbing me in the back. But uh, a great game, nonetheless. Definitely deserves to be on my top 10. I'm, I'm going to put it on my list like your Miles Morales. Like, I've watched so much content <laughs> of it that I think it totally deserves that spot. That's fair. Uh-oh. My number eight is Animal Crossing. Mm. Um, number six on mine. Number six. Nice. Six on mine. It was the same thing. I think we had talked about it a little bit in the last episode. Beautiful game. Wonderful. In the time that it came out, I was really stoked on it. Played it every day for a couple months. And kept up with it and then just suddenly fell off. And then I was 
you know, I just, I hate to see the look of disappointment in people's faces so I can never go back. And so all of my villagers are going to be alone forever. They're dead. Yeah. (laughs) But it was wonderful. It was, it was, it came out at the perfect time. It was very calming. It was very relaxing. I think it was great. Luke, did you have anything more since it's going to be on your number six? Uh, Just, I think you hit it already that it did come out as the, at the perfect time. Nintendo really hit a gold mine with releasing a stay at home game when we were all supposed to be staying at home. Yeah. Uh, you know, and people just go crazy for the decor on the Island reshaping and remodeling. And yeah, I mean, they took everything from the GameCube game and they made it 10 times better. So absolutely. Greg, number seven, number seven is ape out. I don't know if you've guys yeah. played this game before, but it is super cool. Super stylized. Honorable mention for me. The um when it, I think this came out last year I think it did but I think um so. just just the way that it it handles the art style but I love like that you're just this crazy gorilla trying to get the heck out of there um yeah it, it's just it's it's fun it's aggressive it's quick it's super hard I did not expect it to be yeah, as hard I, yeah. as it was especially like towards the last two levels that learning curve is just like geez the difficulty spike just hit me like a ridiculous amount um and, and the way that the soundtrack like m- goes along with your movements is just so cool and so unique mm-hmm. um i th- honestly thought i would like this game a lot more especially seeing coverage um it didn't get quite hi- as high up on my list um and I, I don't know exactly what it is i don't know if that difficulty spike just kind of killed me there towards the end um what it is what is it you you can't memorize your path yes so based on rng you can't become an expert Mm -hmm. in it you can get good yeah but you'll never because of the rng and the random placement you'll never quite yeah guys uh, are always in a different spot and like especially like the rocket launcher guys just like come on like i couldn't have got past that part and that whenever a game like is like hits you with you can't actually beat this because of the way the the rng worked it's just like ah all right well shoot yeah it's excellent. I highly recommend it. Don't feel bad if you get to those last couple levels yeah. and you say, I'm going to just step away from it. Yeah. The music. Sure. Oh, man. The music is awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. Luke, go ahead. Uh, number seven for me is the Jackbox Party Pack number seven Ooh. Ooh, uh, released like this that. year. Uh, so as somebody who owns all seven Jackbox Party Packs, <laughs> uh, the Jackbox Party Packs Great games to play with your friends. Awesome games to play. Uh, but in every party pack, there's always like that one or two games that you just never play. Like the games that just mm-hmm. suck. Like the games that they're like, we kind of had an idea or a design. We wanted to roll with it. And then they were like, ship it. They shoved it in the game. It sucked. <laughs> it didn't work. Uh, and so, but Jackbox 27 did release earlier this year. And all five games in the party pack are really, really fun to play. I enjoy playing all of them very much with my friends. Uh, yeah, it's just like the best. I love talking points. Talking points mm, is okay. just a game because I'm I'm a theater teacher, so it's really easy for me to spitball, as I'm sure our audience <laughs> of this podcast is aware. Uh, so to have specific PowerPoint presentations about random crap, and I'm just meant to spitball and improvise on the spot with the pictures that are given to me by my assistant it's just such a fun game for me and i really enjoy trying to be witty on the spot and yeah. and then i get to hear everybody else's 
PowerPoint presentations, and then you get to add notes and you get to give awards at the end. It's just there's so much interaction with talking points. It's a great party pack. I really recommend it. Awesome. Sweet. Uh, and that one I actually skipped over, and I really want to go back to that one. I just don't have any friends. Um, so <laughs> Wasteland. Wow. Yeah. wow. <laughs> oh, well, you know. Wow. <laughs> Wasteland 3 is going to be my number seven. I don't know. Uh, we're just course. co-workers, Preston. <laughs> we're just co-workers. We're co-hosts now. Co-hosts, um, yeah. Yeah. Wasteland 3 just came out and it's on Game Pass. Don't play it on console. Uh, it is broken as all hell still. As far as I know, I haven't checked back, but it's on Game Pass for PC. Wasteland 3 is wonderful in terms of it is a great strategy uh, shooter. Not shooter. Not at all shooter. Uh, strategy RPG with wonderful humor. Uh, you fight an AI version of Ronald Reagan that is put into a giant statue that a town worships and they all call themselves sister Nancy. That's Um, really the plot of that game. Well, it's like (laughs) a small, like this is like maybe five hours of the game. Really? Um, And it's, it's so good. If you have it on PC, if you have game pass on PC, Uh I highly recommend it. Download. Okay, cool. Um, All right. Number six. Oh, is it to me? Yes. Okay. My number six is a little indie game I got for sale on the Switch called Yoku's Island Express. Not sure. Hmm. Have you guys heard of this game? I've heard of it, but I've never played it. Same. It's super unique. It is a pinballvania. So it is a Metroidvania style game where the main gimmick is that like you're a little dung beetle pushing this metal ball and all of a sudden (laughs) each segment becomes a little pinball segment. And yeah. like you're just trying to like get out so that you can move along to the next one. And there's a whole map, like a whole overworld map. And you can kind of start to slowly access the different parts of the map with like the different upgrades that you get. But you're always playing like big pinball games within this like okay. uh, Metroidvania. I haven't played a good pinball game in a while too. Yeah. And it, and it re- is very, very responsive with the shoulders on the, on the, on the joy cons on the switch. Um, so in handheld mode, it was, it was perfect and it didn't, overstay its welcome too long um it, it got kind of lengthy there at the end when you're trying to find like the very last parts and, and explore the map again through the same like little pinball cycles but like it's charming there's really funny characters and dialogue in it and it's yeah the animation in it is really funny just constantly watching him like try to push the little ball because he's a dung beetle and like yeah you basically <laughs> you land on this island and you take over as the mailman so you have to like delivered letters to dip the different so the people. ball is like all the different letters all the different uh it's not all really you're delivering no you have a mailbag it's not very clear why <laughs> there's a ball oh, okay. <laughs> just for pinball man the ball is for travel <laughs> the ball is for travel you carry the bag that's exactly yeah. it yep 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 nice. yoku's island express it's, it's pretty fun go ahead number six Luke. Uh, mine was animal crossing so go on to your number six. Oh yeah sorry uh my number six was final fantasy 7 remake uh, number five on my list. Mm. There you go. We're getting, the, we're getting a little similar now. Number five on my list. So yeah, yeah. you go ahead and talk about it. Final Fantasy VII Remake took sort of the modern, uh, I don't know, the modern stylings behind the newer Final Fantasies and focused it, which is what I've always wanted mm-hmm. them to do, is just go back to those older formulas of the uh, specific fights. Well, I mean, I know that there were like random encounters, but it still was like between point A and point B. And that was it. You're not going to, it's not open world. You're not going to get lost. You're not going to get that open world fatigue. Like I was talking about earlier, 
You just go from point A to point B. You have some not even random encounters in this one. Uh, and it just worked. I don't know. There's something about it where I have not liked a Final Fantasy in so long. And this one hooked mm-hmm. into me. And again, I played all the way through the 40 or 50 hours of this one over the summer. Uh, and it was awesome. Luke, what do you it's got a great to say? Game. Uh, I mean, uh, like like I said last time, we you know we talked about this with being a Game of the Year nominee that potentially could sort of like come in from behind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, you know, it is a remake of an old game. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just enjoyed how every place you went, there was purpose to it. And there was yeah. something there that you could interact with and have a moment of saying they took the time to create these, you know, like two characters in an alleyway where maybe there's a real time event that you can interact with, or you're just listening to the dialogue or, you know, they're paying like voice actor upon voice actor too. Mm-hmm. Everything just felt so meaningful. It, even if it didn't have like a strong, significant meaning, everything yeah. that they put in the game mm-hmm. felt like they put this in there for a reason. And because of that, I just think a, a studio that puts that much effort into a game, especially one that's like, they could have just simply up the graphics, made it HD pff, remake. Right. right. They, oh, yeah. they went above and beyond and said, no, we're going to do so much more. Yeah. It's ridiculous how nice everything looks in that game. It is gorgeous. Jeez. Like, From the polygons of Final Fantasy seven. It's, it's funny to see the comparison. Yeah. I love how, I love that you can pretty shot for shot, put the opening cinematic next to each other and just see how far you've come. Yep. Um, number five, Greg. My, my number five is Jedi Fallen mm. Order. I I got this as a surprise Father's Day present. Oh, really? And it was, yeah, it was ex- it's extremely fun. I really like this game a lot. I was surprised how much I liked Jedi Fallen Order, though. Um, there's obviously not been a lot of good Star Wars games yeah. in a while. Um, so I, there's part of it just kind of being like a refreshing take on the, you know, Star Wars license. Thank you. You did a pretty dang good job. It's not perfect. And I'm going to have the exact same complaint that I had with Modern Warfare, which was just, oh God, this protagonist is just, come on. He's just dull. Please. Anybody else. Yeah. Like, and it, I don't understand I think how they get away again, with it. even within fiction, like there are so many yeah. other alien races, just, like, just you, there could alien races. What a perfect opportunity to have a female Jedi. Yeah. Like, anything like literally anything, but it's just like, no bland white guy. Right. I think we're going to go with bland white guy. I don't think we've ever seen a Jedi before. That's a bland white <laughs> yeah. guy. Uh, so let's go in that direction. And and it really pulls the game back. And I think too, the, the, the cinematics and the uh, cutscenes like are just feel incredibly wooden. Yeah. I don't know what yeah, it is about that game, but yeah, they, like it's weird that the, that the end game movement feels more fluid. I guess that's sort of normal, but it does feel a lot more fluid. Yeah. In the game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of, I, the gameplay itself is awesome. Like in terms of getting the Jedi powers and then it becomes like this 3d platformer where you're just like bouncing around on stuff. And it's like, it feels like an old school game yeah. in a good yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there were a, a lot of the gameplay elements, especially the back half of the gameplay of that are, were very, very fun. I was really pleasantly surprised by this game. Nice. Uh, Luke number five. My number five was the remake. So you go ahead with your number five. Oh, right. Gosh. My number five was Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which we oh, already perfect. talked about. Great. So 
So right back to, you. Craig's number four. back to me again. <laughs> All right. My number four. I was so proud of myself in January for finally finishing this game. I did something that um, Jeff um, from MinMax, if you're familiar with, he, he has not done this despite <laughs> oh, loving the game okay, and playing yeah. many hours of. I finally finished Red Dead Redemption 2 oh, this nice. year Hell in January. Yes. Good for you. Man. That was a game that took me a while to finish. Holy cow. <laughs> did it take a while? Like, were you, is it just you're busy or was, did you keep bouncing off of it? Yeah. Yeah. Having, having two kids um, yep. and two young kids, one of them being a baby pretty much, definitely made it difficult to find the time. What killed me the most was just how long the missions were and when the heck I can save. Mm. Like it legitimately yeah. stopped me from progressing many times because some of those missions are like 45 minutes and you can save nowhere in the yeah. middle of any of those and and i had like an original xbox for a while that that you just could not save state it like hmm. you can't you couldn't do like the sleep mode or whatever and just come oh, right back really? in that's weird like it, it would sometimes work but like most of the yeah. time it wouldn't work and and it was a full 10 to 15 minute load time mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. to get the game running and then i'd have to replay that 45 minute mission and so, like, as a result, like, I couldn't take my 30-minute or 45-minute chunks and, like, progress forward. I just would stay in the same spot. And then that open world, when it would dump me out at a, at a spot that's really far away from the next yeah. mission oh, yeah. point, just like, here we go. Like, I want to like this game, but this game is not letting me like it because of the way it's making me play it. And the only way that I got finally made forward progress is when my, when my wife took the kid's up for a weekend <laughs> to her parents' place, and I like had some a big chunks of time just to play, in. and it like it completely transformed my opinion of the game. Like being able to play in four hour chunks or five, like made the biggest mm-hmm. difference. That's how that game is meant to be yeah. played. Which is like you can't force me to only play in four hour chunks. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's what that game did to me. Um, so, but Red Dead Redemption Two, like I, it's it's one third the greatest game ever made, and it's like two thirds just so many things that I don't like about it that are <laughs> really holding it back for right. me. But there's one third that there's literally been never there's never been better character writing in any video game ever made. Yes, I can agree with that. Okay, okay, yeah, I was because well, I'm thinking of uh my number two, uh, but I agree okay. that. I think that they did a much more solid job, but, and that is a world that you have to get lost in and you have to like, be like, yep. Oh, it's, oh, I'm just going to go hang out in that pasture and I'm going to go hunting and I'm just going to relax mm-hmm. and just sort of get away from the mission structure that it tries to force you through sometimes. Quit making me play a certain way. I just want to beat it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's so, so hard, but yeah, I mean, those moments are great. I just never really got to experience them because I was trying to beat it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, Luke, number four, right? All right, my number four is Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about uh, time. <laughs> Did you do that intentionally? Uh, no. That music, that music is Isn't so Isn't that killing. so funny? The, my seven was Jackbox 7 and my four was Crash 4. Anyways. You did that. Yeah. <laughs> call it coincidence, if you will. Uh, Crash 4 came out onto the scene. Of course, you know the community that I hang out with. They're picking it up. They're speedrunning it immediately. They're seeing what the heck they can do to break this game open. Uh, the community is already humongous. Uh, the speedrun of the game looks so good. There's a ton of different categories out for running it. And yes, the music is great. 
controlling Dingo Dial is awesome. Playing as somebody <laughs> besides Crash or Coco and actually getting to play Dingo Dial. And yeah, and these these classic platformer levels that they, you know, they did a lot of nostalgia back to the original Crash games. And it's an awesome, you know, mm. for somebody who just falls in love with 3D platformers, uh, what a great end to 2020 to release uh, that game. It's, it, was, it was awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah, the, the PS5's almost out. Surely there won't be another great PS4 exclusive. Nope. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Oh, my Did gosh. They, is there at any point in that game an endless runner type where you get to ride the tiger like in Crash 3? Um... I don't know if there's one that's is endless. One endless, sorry, yeah, but just like the the forward. Running, you just right, mean like a a, a road. Yeah. I believe one of the nostalgia levels, like one of the the lab levels, back to the lab, oh, is okay. Coco riding on the tiger. I believe. That was I could my be favorite wrong. one as a kid. I could be um, wrong. Yeah, that was originally from Crash Three. So nice. Well, um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, not Crash 3, but Crash Warped is the official, <laughs> yeah. the official title. Oh. <laughs> uh, my number four is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, it takes everything that I had gripes about with Ghost of Tsushima and um, dials it in. And everything that I did not like about uh, Odyssey and brings it all in. And it sort of feels hmm. contained in just the perfect way where... Every time I'm on the map and every time I go and get, because what they do is they do it by dots, basically, where if it's a blue dot, it's going to be a world event, gold dot, it's going to be treasure, whatever. Every single time you get a new point of interest on the map, the next one is just far enough that you're thinking, I'm just going to go on, I'll do that, and then I'll go on to the next story. And you get so lost in it so easily in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming and it doesn't feel like it's wasting your time. Um, I think one of the biggest things is that there is not some endless parade of uh, side side quests. You just go do a world event where you talk to someone within a specific location, complete their thing within that location, and you walk away. And every time it, it's funny, it's interesting, um, it's pretty unique in how they present that stuff. And it's how I want every open world game to do their side quest from here on out, which is weird huh. in that normally, you know, a couple of years ago, we were asking for more extended side quests that would have been uh, more engaging, more involved. And I just want, I want back. Like I, I don't want the go kill 10 boars side quest, but I do want something that's just yeah. immediately contained within a moment. It doesn't stretch for another three hours. And they do that really well. Yeah, and you're playing on the Series X, yes, right? Yes, and it's gorgeous. Um, oh, which is man. funny because to me, Ghost of Tsushima was still way prettier. Uh, it blew it out. It blows it out of the water in terms of like mm-hmm. the style and the uh, how they use color to build the world. Um, just destroys Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but Valhalla just does the presentation of the open world a little bit better in terms of uh, gameplay and mechanics. I can't believe Assassin's Creed can release their like 18th open world in iteration on their games and still have you saying things like, oh, I want every game from now on to do yeah, this. It, like, like they did something what? fresh. 18th game in like, geez, Louise. They managed to create a fresh, me- like not mechanic, but a fresh structure uh, within yeah. those worlds that they have gotten so, 
stuck in. Yeah, that's and it awesome. feels and it doesn't feel like it wastes your time, which is what I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's again with really bad fatigue, uh, open world fatigue. Even though I play every single one basically that comes out, and that's probably why. But whatever, it doesn't feel like it wastes your time, which I really enjoy. Number three, Greg. All right, my th- number three is Resident Evil Two Remake. Hell yeah! Get, getting into those so. 2019 games, guys. 2019 was a good year for <laughs> games. I'm learning this, this year. Uh, this list <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by 2019. Yeah. Don't we miss those days? <laughs> right. It's nostalgia <laughs> for last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No. Uh, th- did you guys both play RE2 remake? I did. Yes. I have not played the okay. remake. I've only played oh the original. You, you've played the original. played the original. Yeah. Like this game is the most spectacular horror game I've ever played. And it, the things that they do with the lighting mm-hmm. specifically for when it's dark and when you have your flashlight and what you can see, I've never seen any game do better yeah. than, than that. And it works so well. Cause it's obviously cause it's all these zombies and everything. Right. Um, so that part of it blew me away. The presentation, everything like it looks phenomenal, but then I could not believe how there's two games in one game here yeah. with being able to play as Leon and then being able to play as Claire. And no, that's not the same game. That's like part two of the first game. You just happen to be playing like a little bit different parallel story. Right, 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 right. I was amazed at how different that second run was with Claire and completely different weapons, completely different everything. Um, and I was like, oh, well, like if you just beat it one time with one character and moved on, you missed the whole part, second part of the game. That's what I did. <laughs> oh, you have that, to go back and I, do the second I, I knew that it existed. I just didn't, okay. uh, yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. go for it yet. But it was it, it, it's, excellent game. It's like half of the time. It's like half the time. The first yeah. run took me like seven or eight hours. And that the second time took me like four. Okay. Then I definitely knew And it was that. so different. And it was like, okay, well, the whole game together was like, you know, 12 or yeah. whatever. So, yeah. Sweet. RE2 Remake. It was amazing. I can't believe we can get such good remakes like that. Right. That's why I, it did for re2 what final fantasy 7 did and just yeah, blew it up like exactly. blew it up blew it out made it so much better you're like nobody made you do this how did, how did yeah. you make it so good like i want all my favorite old childhood games to be donkey kong country this kind of bring style. it back give me donkey kong well i think we have that with tropical oh, please, but yeah uh go ahead look <laughs> number three all right number three on my list is valorant uh Ooh. Brand new esport that jumped out onto the scene, made by Riot Games, same people that made League of Legends. Uh, man, what a great game. Uh, they had had this in development for a little over a year, I believe. And then when it hit the scene, a lot of people were like, oh, it's going to be just like Overwatch. But yeah. it is, it's like CSGO, but way better. Like, yeah. and CSGO already has an immense esports scene. I mean, there are so many countries that play CSGO and have teams and now valorant is and they're just starting to do valorant professional tournaments uh with like full-blown esports teams sponsors all that kind of stuff uh relatively soon so yeah but what a great game Uh, a lot of fun if you're really into fps's uh like csgo and then you just want like a couple abilities as well to like you know you know, throw a flashbang or like set a camera around an edge that you can like, you know, peek yeah. or whatever you want to do. And yeah, great game. It looks super, just super fast. Uh, but the matches can yeah. take a long time, <laughs> but like the initial, it's like every little contained match goes really fast, but then you're sort of in drawn out 
competition sort of thing? Yeah, so similar to CSGO, it's a team plays to 15 or 16. Wow. But but match but uh, points last, you know, anywhere from one to two minutes. So, like, a game of Valorant lasts, you know, it could last as little as 16 minutes. It could last as long as, you know, 40 minutes, depending on how back and forth the teams are scoring points. But, uh, yeah, it's usually first team to majority point. And, like, it's somewhere in the game there's a halfway mark where, okay, this team was playing defense, now they're on offense, and now the other team flips. And, yeah. Yeah. Very fun. A lot of different heroes you can play as with different abilities. You know, what the meta of the rock, paper, scissors of the champions to see, oh, well, I don't want to play Jade on this level because Jade's better on this level. And, oh, but I can't pick, you know, Blade into, you know, whoever. So there's a lot of different meta shifts, and I think it'll be an interesting esport moving forward, too. Yeah, how anybody could make a hero shooter in 2020 to be able to compete with what's already there. Mm -hmm. Like, it just blows my mind that it was able to, like, stick out and stay stuck yeah. out and create a new thing. Like, I, I think the, what what a game has to do to overcome all those obstacles is just insane these yeah. days. Like, just things are going to get buried and it, immediately. You know, it doesn't hurt that you have, like, all of League of Legends. Well, not all, but, like, a huge chunk of that player install base that would at least go check it out, right? Give it a try. Yeah, but, but League of Legends and counter-strike are two wildly different yeah, things yeah, yeah. so it's pretty amazing that they would you know all come over and it would still right. stick i'm excited to see what yeah. riot games does with like their single player stuff um that they're coming out with they've got like five different games in the work i'm really excited to see what they have next because of the success of valorant their first yeah. mm-hmm. uh, i think that's going to be really exciting um my number three i'm going to save because i know it's top of yells list um uh, so, number two, <laughs> Greg. Okay, my number two game is this is going to be completely out of left field. <laughs> I know it's not on your list. I think it came out in 2016 oh, or something. God. I don't know. Subnautica. Oh. If you guys have ever heard of this game, it is one of the most spectacular experiences. And I've spent like 40 hours in this world this year. And I love everything about this really? game. Really? It just completely has sucked me in to what you can do in that world. So give us the, give us the, the pitch. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a survival game where you, it's like sci-fi, but you crash immediately into an alien planet. That's just completely covered in water. And you're on this little life raft and like, that's it. And and you're, you're just like looking around you. Like what, what am I supposed to do? So you dive into underwater because that's literally all there is. And then you just see this like beautiful world with all kinds of like fish and coral and, you know, the works. And you realize slowly, like you can take little pieces of the world and go back to your pod and um, put them into a little 3D printer Mm -hmm. thing that your ship has and basically make everything that you need to survive. And not only that, you can make everything to build a full out base. And not only that, there's like a full on story that the game is telling. OK, you, I never knew um, there was a story where you're where you're finding like data pads and mm. somebody's be like, oh, we're crash life pod number five and we're 200 meters away and we need blah, blah, blah. So you try to go. You're like, sweet, there's other people. I'm going to go find them and you go find them and there's nobody there. But there is a wrecked pod, yeah. with a huge hole like in that it. environment. And then you know like. Yeah, so there's, that's kind of like always happening. And then you can see the big ship that crashed like right off in the distance. And you like slowly can get over there, but there's like radiation and stuff. So you need a suit first. 
Um, and then eventually like you can call a rocket off and then there's just, there's just like slowly things that keep surprising you throughout that game. Mm. Um, and it can be really scary in certain points cause it gets nighttime and like you get really deep and you start getting subs and stuff that can take you deeper and deeper. But it's like you have no idea what's going to be down there, and like you can't see anything, and it, it can be really scary. Like if you're scared of scuba diving, like that's a, this is a game of freaky. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. No, Subnautica, my number two. I think that's a great choice. Number two, Luke. Okay, my number two, probably the game that I've put the well speedrunning games aside, probably the game that I've put the second <laughs> most amount of time into. It is Fall Guys. Fall really? Guys, a great oh, multiplayer game. I have uh, connected with friends of old and new playing Fall Guys. Um, man, I've put so many hours. The game came out, and me and my friends were like, we're taking the day off work. Oh, we're man. playing this game. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to crank out wins. We're going to crank wins. out wins. We're going to get all the outfits. We're going to get all the in-game currency uh my friends and i got to max level within like two weeks of playing the game i think we were level 40 we had played and to be fair i have stopped playing it as much i have not played it like within the last 30 days as much as i did the 30 Mm -hmm. days before um but season two has come out and it's all medieval and they have like a bunch of other cool outfits that are coming out and um with a game that started so small uh Fall Guys has really hit this sort of niche of multiplayer battle royale that's just so different than how well can you aim down a site and get the headshot, right? It's like, it's just like, can you manipulate the way this ball is going to crash into you? Can you jump over the pole more often and longer than the other, you know, four jelly beans you're against? And the game, I, I don't know. I don't know how something so simple has not been done yet, but they nailed it. And what's great is that the social media team for Fall Guys, they are on the ball. They answer questions lickety split. They are coming out with uh, weekly updates to the game almost to fix bug fixes and to make the game more enjoyable. And there was a really big hacking problem in the <laughs> yeah. first couple months of the game that they just went, you hack your band. You're gone forever. Oh, okay. And, so they have fixed and it is gone. I mean, you will play a game and yeah, maybe you'll get one every so often, but they pick up that player and he or she is gone, never able to play the game again. Well, unless they buy another copy of the game and who knows how much longer they're going to continue to do that. And right, right. yeah, I mean, I think the game is really well done for such a small studio and something that's so simple that they hit it extremely well. I think, uh, so I was thinking about that earlier today, and I think we are seeing, just with what you were saying about, it hits that battle royale that isn't just about getting the shot off, is we are seeing a shift from pure competition in terms of that being the biggest talking point and that being the sort of zeitgeist game, yeah, um, and moving into this chilled out, like, not really, there's still competition there, but it is I'm going to allow myself to be goofy and I'm just going to, I'm just here to play the game and have fun. And there is like this, like I want to win and I do want to walk away with it, but you're also playing as little jelly beans basically that are waddling across the screen. You know, you're not going to be able to really dial in your skill. Yeah. Um, And with that (laughs) animal crossing among us, like these being the big games and the big talking points, we're seeing like a shift away from pure competition, which I really like uh, because I suck at competition games. So 
I can have something to add, right? Sure. Um, my number two. Is that the one we're on? Yes. Uh, is yep. The Last of Us Part 2, which was also not intentional. Uh, my initial... <laughs> I was actually going to say The Last of Us Part 1 and 2, because I played them both this year back to back, and I had never played Part 1, and I just played right Ooh. into Part 2, and it worked so well. Um, and I, it really is... It's the second part to the first game, or to the first part, you know what... And it continues the story in a way that is pretty unpredictable unless of course you saw all the news about it um and <laughs> it does it in a way that uh is really i don't it worked for me it clicked for me and i loved what they did uh and i love the direction that they take and i don't want to spoil anything once i'm at this point but uh it's don't believe the hate uh i would say you know coming from me believe the love i was all in on this game and the only reason it's my number two and not my number one is for co-op reasons. Um, so, you know, it was a purely single player game that I consumed within a weekend and was my wife was hooked to it and she does not play video games. Uh, she doesn't normally watch me play video games, but she was like looking up all the spoilers and like having fun by teasing me and stuff about it, but like really getting invested in, in her own right. Um, and it, it's one of the closest things to perfect in terms of a video game. Uh, and it does not wow. waste. I praise. Yeah. It doesn't waste it your time. Uh, like I was saying earlier, you feel mostly like uh, every minute counts. Uh, it's wonderful. Go out and play it. Don't believe the hate. I feel like that's a series that I will eventually purchase together and just spend a week. Like okay. nobody talked to me. Yeah. yeah, because I and I, I think it's pretty amazing that I've gone this long without playing either game. And I don't know anything yeah. about either. That's game. amazing. And I don't know the story. Mm -hmm. I don't know any spoilers. I don't know the characters. I mean, I know what the characters look like, yeah. but I don't know anything that happens. Yeah. And so, uh -huh. like I said, I you think that's going to be a game where I'm just like, I'm going to lock my doors and windows. I'm going to be like, nobody come. Yeah. Nobody come over. I'm, I'm yeah. busy. I'm in. I'm in the same boat, Luke. Like, I don't know what the zombies or enemies look like in that what? game. And like, I've. I've seen like, you know, I've seen things like that try to make it spoil, yeah. like we're like, hey, part two, like the trailer and stuff. And I'm like, nope. And I completely yep. X out of it because I'm yeah. like, I am eventually going to play yep. these games someday, somehow. Yep. And I would love to go and just completely fresh. Yep. I mean, and all you got to do is spend $500, get a PS5. They're going <laughs> to have to watch it. Wait, wait, but first I have to just stock and see, you know, websites and just constantly yeah, exactly. hit the refresh button, hoping and praying that I could possibly add one to my cart. And then, right. then you spend the $500. <laughs> and then after that, assess every single PS4 game that I've missed, several that you guys have mentioned yeah. on your lists, yeah. and then buy all of those and play all of them. Ah, it's worth it. Then it's finally. It. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. One, one day when I lock myself away. I'm going to cut in before your number one only because i know this is oh, no. both of y'all's number one and it was on mine too should we, should we say it should we say it on three um my my number one pick one is one two, two three three hades hades Baldur's <laughs> Gate. Oh, sorry oh no yeah. okay um <laughs> man um y'all go ahead uh <laughs> okay. wait 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 I'll go ahead. Because yeah, you go ahead. We can talk more about Hades. 
Baldur's Gate 3, wonderful if you played Divinity 2. If you like D&D, it's a must play. And I know this one is my biggest, like, I'm not sure if it counts because it's in early access and they've only released the mm-hmm. first act. But I've put in 50 hours into this game already Whoa. with a friend of mine um, just for the first That's act. Awesome. And it is so unbelievably, uh, I don't know, again, rewarding. And it rewards like the idea of you making decisions and experimenting and being like, I don't know, maybe I can like burn this thing and then that spider will fall down into this pit and I'll just try it. And then it works and you feel vindicated mm-hmm. in your questioning of the game mechanics. And I love as a player, first thing I do is run off of every ledge to make sure that I can run off those ledges. Uh, and this game allows you to kill yourself in the dumbest ways where you're just like, D- is this going to work? And then you feel like the smartest idiot in the room uh, in some of the most, in, in very humorous ways. And that, it took over my number one because I played it with a friend and we got to experience those dumb silly moments together um which that was how divinity original sin 2 was and this builds mm-hmm. on that in a way that is so just amazing and especially again it's only going to get better i would still i would say wait yeah. for full release even though it's my personal top uh, of the year i would say wait until full release because it is still 60 dollars in early access which is i was annoyed about but <laughs> i really love larian studios so i don't mind giving them my yeah. money um, I, I had heard reviews that because it was in early access, it was slightly buggy. Would you say that's not true at all? You know, it's a little, it's very it's a little buggy. Yeah. It's pretty buggy. Okay. Cause I played the PS2 version of Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance co-op and my friend and I had put a lot of time into that game. So yeah. of course I see Baldur's Gate three and I see it's kind of trying to pull off the same dungeon crawly co-op sort of deal rpg mechanics yeah and i had read the reviews and it was like this game bugs out all the time my friend yeah. stepped in a campfire and suddenly he's frozen for the next 20 hours and he yeah. can't move and okay yeah and so that was like the one thing pulling me back from like maybe i'll wait yeah i would say i mean i would say wait they've done a couple major patches already um it is to me those bugs are frustrating right and it does like extend my play time by probably some hours Uh, (laughs) but I don't mind whenever we get five hours in and we bug out a quest line and then we have to go back because there are so many other choices that we can then be like, well, you know, we, we saved her first. Mm -hmm. Let's not save her this time. And it feels like it, I'm telling myself it's giving me the opportunities to see other path lines, uh, when really it's just bugging out, but yeah, Hades, Hades. Let's get into Hades. I know uh, number one for you guys, number three for me, but yeah, you guys talked about it a lot on the previous episode already. Yes. Um, But man, I'm just blown away by how much I dug this game. Like I haven't, I haven't been as into a game with Hades as probably far back as Skyrim. Hmm. Like that's like my love level. Like Skyrim is probably one of my greatest favorite of all time, but like, I just have been missing that same feeling since that game came out to like, give me another game where I feel that immersed with yeah. it. And my goodness, Hades is something very special. And I didn't think a game that would be that challenging and a roguelike would be something that I would ever be interested me too. in. That's where I was at. <laughs> and good God, like the voice acting, the story, the intense action from like the second you start, 
when it just throws you straight into it. Like, I love it. I love every, I've been trying to, I've been begging people to play this game. Yeah. Like anybody that's interested, yeah. it's like, I'm playing Hades. You should play Hades. It's so good. I think it's weird how many people have talked to me about, uh, you know, again, after listening to our first episode and been like, yeah, I never even heard of this game. And mm-hmm. it's amazing to me that people still haven't heard about this game. And it is a, as soon as they say that, it's a drop, drop every other game you're playing and go play. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, and don't play anything except this for a while. Yeah. And at least until you get that first clear. <laughs> I, I still haven't gotten my first clear. Uh, it's, you can you can do it, Preston. I believe in you. I, I believe in you too. It's I can, coming. It's yeah, coming. I believe in myself until I get there. Um, and I think it's just. I, I know I've talked about it a lot, and I don't want to like keep on us too long about Hades, just because you know maybe we're going to talk about it again when it wins Game of the Year next next week. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I think it really is just a phenomenal game coming from Supergiant because it really does feel like a roguelike for people who don't like roguelikes. And it really feels yeah. like they have captured something that is so extraordinary in terms of the the world of the story. In terms of, like, because we all go to school and learn Greek mythology and then you're just brought, mm-hmm. like, you're so zoned into that world and everything that could be a part of that world of Hades of the underworld and everything. And I know Preston and I talked about last week about how this is just the start for super giant. If they want to, they can put in literally any Greek mythology character mm-hmm. they want yeah. and build more content out of that game. And I'm okay. telling you, DLC is coming. They are not stopping here. They are going to release. Yeah. They're going to release DLC one DLC two. They're going to have a season pass. Like more stuff is for sure coming. Where they have more yeah. customers, you know, more weapons, more customizable boons, more gods to meet with, and more ways to break the game. Yeah. And I mean, in my <laughs> in my head, there's no stopping it. I think it totally deserves game of the year, and I just think it's an awesome game. I mean, I I don't know any other simpler way to put it. Are you are you speed running at all? Because that game is just like immediately like you can speed run this if you want. I'm to. not speed running it currently. Um. Uh-huh. Mostly because uh, speedrunning roguelikes where everything is random feels really yeah, bad yeah. Oh, to me sure. because I don't want to roll the dice on a speedrun. Um, oh, it's so much of that too. Uh, I will say that so I watch professional League of Legends and uh-huh. there is a European League of Legends caster, a shout caster, who is fourth in the world in Haiti speedruns because he Thanks. has been doing Haiti speedruns in the off season. Of legal, uh, professional <laughs> League of Legends, so I've been watching him do speed runs, which is really funny because most of his content is him playing League of Legends. And but now yeah. he's just broken out and he downloaded Live Split and he has put a timer to his gameplay and started speed running Hades. So I enjoy watching them. I'm not doing it myself. I just enjoy playing the game. And yeah, you know what? what this is the was fun the of first... speed running it when you're forced to pick the minigun every time. Maybe yeah. I want the sword. I want the spear. I want the yeah. shield. It's true. It's like you just need this one if you want to go yes. fast. And it's like, it's like you yeah, want the mini gun with as much ammo yeah. as possible. You want you know Zeus's electricity yeah. sparkles, mm-hmm. and you want to r- race to the final boss. Yeah, it's it's a game that's really fun. That if when the stars are aligning for you, that you're like, oh baby, I can go on this yeah. run. Let's see if I let's see if I can go below twenty minutes. Everything is lining yeah. up for me. Yeah, go 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 go. And then usually I'm still yeah. 
still long. And I don't want to spoil it for Preston. But once you do get your first clear, man, the game opens up. You got so much to do. You got so much to do once you beat it the first time. Like that game is so weird. It's like you're gonna bang your head against the wall at a certain point. Yeah. Over and over again. And then you're gonna get past it one time and you're gonna be like, how the hell did I ever have a problem with that? Yeah. Yeah. Like that was super easy. And like the game constantly is doing that where it's like, oh, okay, well, have you beat the final boss yet? And then it's just like the final boss is so easy. You kidding me? Like over and over again, the game is constantly doing that. And then you'll hit a run where you're like, you're you're doing horrible. (laughs) It's just like, what happened here? (laughs) Exactly. I love it. So do you think uh, I can't I've never go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you you Yeah, I was gonna ask for your uh your time with it as opposed to other games. Do you think it has to do with having the two younger kids in that way? Like, cause yeah. it is such a, it's a switch for you. It's a switch game, right? Yeah. So pick it up, mm-hmm. play two runs over pick 40 minutes for, uh, you know, an hour. Oh, seriously. Seriously. Like I was running one run a night. That's all I had time for. Yeah. And I think that game played perfectly for me. And I also learned that you can just save in any room. Just, oh. just cut out. Even if you, switch your, if, even if you turn your switch off, it I auto saves every that. single yes. room, which is like, Thank you. Another so excellent yeah. feature of that game. Every every game ever needs to have save everywhere yep. you are, yeah. anytime. Zelda Ocarina of Time, push start, push save. Every game needs that, please. But yeah, the the way that Hades just like I could just have time for one run. I'd play for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and then I would die. And then I'd be like, what happened? And like while I'm at work, I'm like thinking about Hades and then jumping on the Minmax Discord and be like, okay, what did you guys do because i keep dying at this part and like oh well you need to be getting this weapon you need to be going for these boons and that'll get you past that hump and like then i'd go try again and i would just constantly learn at every single time but i'd only play one run a night and that was all i had time for and like as a result i ended up getting that first clear like really early on because i just just like kept learning from my mistakes that's something that i am thinking about it I haven't been checking any advice or anything like that in terms of like which boons to get and which path to take. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm just sort of learning as it's I go. a handhold. Yeah. It's a handhold game. Like when I, I convinced one of my friends to play it and I'm like, I just like constantly pestered him with texts. Like, where are you now? Where are you now? What do you need yeah. help with? And like, then finally he started asking me like, you know, what should I do here? And I'm like, see, that's, what's good about this game. You can just keep asking for help. Right. Have someone, have someone's hand to hold through this experience and it's so much better yeah man it's 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 a special game that and the fact that you can just beat it in 45 minutes but like play it for 50 hours yeah, is just that's incredible mind-blowing yeah i don't know how they do it i've never seen another game do something like that yeah that's hades baby uh you have to beat you have to beat it 10 times to get the final credits do you really 10 quiz I will never see the final and credits. Clear. And clears to see <laughs> final credits. I know. I you know can, it gets it faster after. Once you get past that first one, you yeah. just keep going. But it is intimidating. It's like, well, I can't do one. How could I ever do 10? <laughs> right. You can do it. Trust me. I, I'm like at 30. I think I'm going to dive back in after Assassin's Creed. That's going to be my, I, I'm going to. Oh, wait. No, I'm not. Cyberpunk. So. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> true. Actually, very true. Yeah. I'm not going to like. This was your. Yeah. Forget watching the game awards. Let's just talk completely about that. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that is our top 10 of the year. Hopefully that you can find some 
new recommendations. You can find some old recommendations in that top 10. Really old. Um, and again, for a lot of this, if you have Game Pass, if you have PlayStation Now, I think is theirs. Um, obviously, well, I think the autumn sales over. A lot of these games are really cheap now, too. Um, and it's all of them are worth a play and all of them are worth checking out. And I think that's it for this our second episode. We have a couple. Things, Ship it. Of course. Ship, Ship it. Ship it. We're done. Ship it. Yeah, get out with all the bugs. Uh, and uh, what a, one thing that I want to do as we start to close out these episodes is do community shout outs, I guess. Uh, and not necessarily, obviously, not our community, uh, but just communities that we are involved in as individuals. Um, so I'll do mine first, and then we'll go into y'all's shout outs. Uh, my shout out this week is going to be for the Spelunkers podcast and video channel. They are a little bit more of like, they're going to be more adults, uh, a little bit more R rated in their conversation, but they just recently did a dive, deep dive, spelunked into bug snacks. And that was a game that, because I don't have a PS5, I didn't get to play and it was really enjoyable to watch them enjoy it so much uh, and it was nice like their conversations were really good uh, Greg mm-hmm. what you got yeah it's Belunkers too just saying the if you ever listened to an episode the outro music was done by yours truly really I didn't know I that did. you did oh, I did yeah nice nice uh, job so that that uh, thank you um, but yeah that was fun they reached out early on they were like hey we're trying to find music for this yeah um, so I just did like, a attempt in the hat there um, but yeah, I really like those guys. Um, and it's really cool that they're doing the game club. I haven't been able to play a game at the same time yeah. they're playing a yeah. game, but as soon as I get a time to do that, like I'm really excited to dive in with those guys. Yeah. Um, so that's really fun. And then my community, um, shout out will be draft punks. Okay. Which is another podcast that happened to come out of the, um, min max community. Luke, I know we've mentioned this multiple times, but these guys, I'll get them the loop eventually. I'll get it. <laughs> This community is absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Like it's like, okay, well, I'm on the stream right now and people are like, I'm jumping in. And they're like in the chat, just like, you got this. Go, yep. go, go. You know, just the amount of encouragement's amazing. Um, and one of the moderators in there, Roland, um, from Minmax, he started his own podcast called Draft Punks with a couple other guys from Minmax, and they asked me to be on their first episode, which is really fun. And that is a show where they're basically drafting things like fantasy uh, fantasy football style draft, um, but for random pop culture things. So they've got episodes on Disney characters that they like. Oh, nice. um, they've got episodes on cereal, their favorite breakfast oh, cereal. They've got some weird uh, ones. I gotta got, watch this. They've got, yeah, it's it's awesome. And they've got um, some episodes on like you know their favorite '90s action movie or '90s sci-fi movie. I think they did. Um, and so like they get really niche into very specific mm-hmm. things and then they just like talk about each of them and then they draft them and then each week um, they have a vote and then the community jumps into the discord of draft punks and then they vote on who they think has the best team. Nice. And, and then like if you win, then you get the first pick of your of the next episode. Or oh, that sounds so super it's, enjoyable. It's, it it's is. been super fun and that community just bleeds right over from MinMax and so everybody's really positive and good and and it's been a really, really fun show. I've gotten to be on a couple episodes of that mm-hmm. one. Nice. Perfect. Draft, draft punks. Yeah. All right. Luke? 
All right, well, mine is going to be a little more out of left field, a little bit more specific to my community, the speedrunning community. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be giving a shout-out to those speedrunners who currently run the game, Banjo-Tooie. Uh, this also includes me, so haha, giving myself a little <laughs> pat on the back. Gentlemen, that's how you do it. Uh, now, we are currently... Uh, there's a category of Banjo-Tooie called Bingo, where we have a specific goal list where you are trying to satisfy five things in the game as fast as possible. We are going to host a tournament, our third bingo tournament in February. And right now, we, we I say we as in myself and the rest of the community, are currently doing a massive undertaking of balancing bingo goals for the upcoming tournament. Hmm. Uh, okay. We have over 250 different bingo goals. And... We have just taken this long to time them all of how long it actually takes to achieve each and every one of those individual goals. So there has been about six to seven of us timing goals for the last week and a half in order to fill out this spreadsheet. And we finally, we, I think we're down to five goals as of this morning when I checked. So um, yeah, we're eventually going to be going through this massive patch of balancing and it's going to make this upcoming tournament really awesome so when's that tournament again? that tournament is going to start uh somewhere in february 2021 okay. right after i get back from japan and ride the mario Kart roller coaster we're going to start the tournament so, right right yeah it's gonna be awesome no, that sounds like awesome, a huge man. undertaking is this is that the thing that last week we had talked about like you may have something that you get to announce in December for later, or I don't know. No. Okay, uh, we'll get to I, can, I can announce that right now if you want me to. Uh, December 19th is the Winter Splash Fecta. So if you want to watch me do 16 hours, well, 15 hours of three Spyro games and three Crash games, well, you can yeah, come to do my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash secrethumorman. And I will not be the only one doing it. There will be plenty of other people on Twitch doing the Splash Fecta, but... It's every winter, so December 19th. That's a Saturday. It's in three Saturdays. Mark your calendars. Nice plug. Awesome. There you go. Um, I'm going to do mine, and I'm going to leave you, Greg, for the final plug of the day. I, and mine's quick. Uh, I have seven whole followers on Twitch. Yeah, it's GrandpappyW at Twitch. And what I'm going to be trying to do is go through every PC Game Pass game uh, one by one, about two hours at a time, just for the first two hours. If my Comcast bill will allow it, uh, and it's not going well, uh, a lot of them are actually not working. Uh, whenever I start them up, but it's still—I don't know—it's fun. I wouldn't have played Ape Out if I wasn't doing this, and I love—I was so happy to learn about Ape Out through that. Um, and I hope yeah. to hit some games like that along the way, where there are communities and stuff that are excited to uh, see me play it. So you can follow me there on what I'm doing, Greg. Go ahead and plug those plugs. Yeah. Speaking of, of weird names, yours is Grandpappy. Mine is Flamin' Queso. Love it. Um, that's that's where you can find me on um, on Discord and Twitter is Flamin' Queso as well. Um, but like I plugged multiple times throughout this episode, um, the podcast that I started is called Level Zero. You can go check it anywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those good things. Just search for level zero, and mine's the one with a blue and orange controller-looking thing on the right. Um, and I'm having new episodes every two weeks, so not one this Tuesday, 
Um, but next Tuesday, there's going to be an episode on the beginning and start of the Sony PlayStation nice. and all of the craziness that happened um, with Nintendo and the fallout there. As well as so hopefully that's everlasting regret at not buying a PS4. <laughs> you know, that's going to take up the it, second can, half of the episode. Listen, you can pick sides. You can pick sides based on the outcome of this. If you're not familiar with that story, um, and even if you are, hopefully it should be pretty fun. Yeah, it's one um, of my favorites in but, gaming history. I'm really excited. Oh, man, it's it's wild. And I hope I can deliver it in a way that's um, interesting or does it just does this actual story justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, yeah, on the feed, there's just a basic, you know, episode zero that goes through kind of how how I'm going to structure the show. Um, and then there's uh, that Black Friday episode where I give actual recommendations for video games for consoles. I talk about the new consoles, kind of which mm-hmm. ones you should buy. Then uh, TVs as well, too, because I felt like I needed to do yeah. that. Um, I enjoyed that. Being Black Friday. Um, thank you. So, um, yeah, you can go in there and you can check out the games that I recommend for each of those consoles and the consoles themselves. And I just constantly beg you to buy a Switch because you should. Um, <laughs> but yeah, every other Tuesday, um, next Tuesday, there'll be a new episode. Sweet. Sweet. I'm looking forward uh, to it. And thank you. Uh, I do want to say in regards to Greg's podcast, our podcast, any of the ones that we named today, the best thing that you can do if you want to support is word of mouth, um, word of mm-hmm. mouth and just like the subscribe and review anywhere that you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, other places. If you leave a review or if you actually subscribe and listen through it, it, it's more about we do want people to engage with this community and we want people to uh, give feedback in terms of what we're doing and to respond and let us know what they want to hear. Tell a friend who can tell a friend who can tell a friend. And if y'all know anyone, uh, grandma, grandpa, or mom and dad who don't know anything about games, send them over to level zero. Uh, or you can send them here. They'll walk away very confused, uh, but <laughs> level zero would be the best place to start. Uh, but for now, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you, Greg, for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having it me. It was, I really, I feel like we were more concise while still running longer, uh, which I am, I'm perfectly fine with. <laughs> uh, we got a lot to say. yeah uh anytime it's the end of the year recaps it always takes a while thank you everyone for supporting us thank you for supporting and listening we're glad that you're here and we hope to speak at you soon thanks Boom. All right. <laughs> we ran late. Uh, I still. Never <laughs> those, felt minute, like... those minute pitches became full yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, it you know. No, it was. We. I, I just. It, you just get so excited oh. about the things you love, you know? It's true. So we went uh, from 140 to 245. <laughs> That's the jump we're doing for this episode. <laughs> one, two. Woo! Yep.